Production. Recorded live. Hey, what's up, everybody? You got Alien Black coming at you with a uh, talk show. Uh, this is going to be, oh, man, I forgot to, uh, I'm not sure what time I set for this. The duration of this uh, might be an hour. So uh, I see we got Debo online. What's going on, Debo? Oh, not a whole lot. All right, and uh, we got guest three online. Debo, we're doing this one a little different. Uh, just and I'm gonna keep saying this throughout throughout the uh, duration of the call. Um, this one uh, we got this posted on the uh, main page and on the private group. So, uh, what's up, Scott? I see you as uh, guest three. Um, so y'all uh, be advised, this is on the Sappho main. Um, the reason I did this one different um, is because uh, we had some people on there. You know, I posted the thing about the uh, you know little incident that took place in Hawaii today, and we had some people. Um, you know, asking about they wouldn't know what to do in the uh, you know in the event of a, a you know a nuclear emergency or whatever, whatever. So I didn't feel like writing the whole thing out, so I just said I'll just you know just get on the call and just try to entertain some of the questions people may have, and uh, you know let y'all you know if some of y'all want to throw out there along those lines. But being that this is an open call, and uh, it could be all type of people on here. Uh, not that we got nothing to hide or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, you just have to, um, I know I'm have to keep, uh, making sure people understand that, uh, you know, how we communicate, uh, we don't, uh, argue and, um, you know, uh, y'all just know how we do same with the same protocol. We pretty much have on the page, the main page, there's a protocol we're going to keep. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, we have an open call. We want to make sure we don't have people coming on talking crazy. Uh, you know, like uh, vulgar talk, a whole bunch, you know, racist talk and all that kind of stuff that's not going to be tolerated. They're going to, you know, we're going to zone that out. Because um, I think people, if you're intelligent, you should be able to express your point without, uh, you know, name calling and just, you know, uh, devolving the situation into, uh, you know, nothing and nothing. So that, you know, y'all might hear me say that occasionally, um, um, you know, throughout the call. But uh, I'm just going there to reiterate to people. So, you know, I, you know, that's just how I do. You know, you keep control over the situation. But anyway, um, what, uh, what we're going to be talking about is, uh, in a sense, nuclear response to nuclear emergency. The, um, I don't, I'm not sure if that's uh, – who else we got on call? Is that you, uh, Jermaine? Yeah, I'm here. I, let, me, let me go on mute because my radio's in the back of – you can hear people. All right. So I'm going to mute myself. Okay, and, and feel free to uh, join in, and we, you know, Jermaine, you and I were talking before we set up this call, uh, so feel free to, uh, you know, and that's for anybody, everybody on the call. Uh, of course, you know, um, this is an open call, but just like we do in a private group, and that go to the people on the, on this open call, uh, everything is about respect and being cordial here. We don't uh, argue, we don't, you know, we don't get out of line with each other. We show respect, to call, even if we disagree with people. It is just is what it is. You disagree, but uh, if you're intelligent, you better disagree and um, um, still dialogue. So, and you know, key thing too, Jermaine, since you uh, you are a first responder, uh, you know, your input is going to be very important. So, uh, first, I'll start off and ask, uh, you know, for the people on the call, if anybody on the call want to identify themselves, that's fine. I'll let you do that. Then we'll kind of start getting into the meat of the uh, of the subject. I know we got who who is uh, guest four. They probably on the computer, but anyway, uh, Jermaine, did you want to uh, follow on with what we were talking about earlier? Did you have anything to add, or you just wanted to go? Um, no, we. I mean, well, you know, a question was posed. You know, uh, what you know, what would go down? What would you do? 
you know, basically if they, if something like that went down. And um, my response was, you know, find the nearest old granite built church or, you know, building something with thick walls and strong foundation um, to, to get in and, uh, you know, hope for the best, hope, you know, that my area is not hit directly because um, I understand uh, gamma radiation is energy. It usually goes through most things and, um, you know, you get hit with a nice dose of gamma radiation, you can, uh, you, you know, your chances of surviving is, uh, you know, very slim. So um, granted, you know, like uh, lead, you know, when you go and get your x-rays and, and all of those things, they always line your body with lead. So those heavy, heavy metals, those thick um, rock form formations will uh, give you um, some level, well, a, a good level of protection from things like radiation. So when we start talking about, like, nuclear, you know, you, you want to get yourself someplace where you can, uh, you know, shelter yourself for a little while and then um, get away from that energy. Um, we, we in, in my field, we say time, distance, and um, yes, time and distance will will you know help you out immensely. So if you get an alert and then you can get some distance away from the thing and you can get some shielding. I didn't mention shielding. It's time, distance, and shielding. Um, most people have a a really good chance of you know beating the uh, radiation that will be released from something like a nuclear. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> before I go into, uh, I appreciate that information. Um, before I go into uh, um, into my spiel on it, do we have anybody else want to add anything, any questions or any comments uh, to that? Uh, the subject. What's up, Brian? Recognize your voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> this uh, and just you know, every time we get somebody new on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. Uh, this open call, uh, Brian. We got it's open to the main page and not just the private page. So you know everybody be advised of that. Uh, we were subject to have all kind of people on the call, and you know just uh, just be aware of that. Um, the subject tonight is you know just looking at responses, looking at the incident that took place in Hawaii today with the false alarm. Um, just looking at responses to nuclear emergencies and other you know uh, major potential emergencies or. Uh, catastrophes. Um, that's it. We want. I want to entertain questions because on the uh, posting that I put up, we had some people saying they didn't know what to do and they would like to know what to do. Um, so um, I decided I'd just go ahead and throw this little thing up since I had some time tonight. And uh, we'll just discuss it. if people had questions and I'll just kind of, you know, uh, give my take on it, uh, just like Jermaine just did, you know, to a degree uh, originally. So that's it. That's what the subject is. Uh, okay. Brian. Yeah. I was I had put up, you know, uh dig dig deep as far as you can unless you're in the blast area. If you're in the blast area ain't too much you can uh, actually do. Well, <clears throat> let's you know, let's 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 look at it, you know, from let's look at it from I think I'm gonna take it from from from, from this direction. Let's look at um, the reality of it as far as, you know, our everyday life, and then we'll get into 
um, you know, nuclear weapons and, you know, the effects in themselves. Uh, I think one of the things, uh, and I just put a link up on the, if y'all looking at the, uh, if y'all looking at it on the computer, y'all can see a link I put up talking about different radiation shielding materials. Right. Um, one of the, uh, the key things to think about, you know, when I thought about it today, a lot of people are probably blowing that situation off and, and you don't want to make things more than what they are because you don't want to feel monger. You don't want to have people, you know, nerved up and, and people are already kind of, you know, uh, anxiety ridden in society. Everybody looking for something to happen. Uh, it could be a mere, just a simple distraction story. It could be whatever. But uh, nevertheless, you had people uh, in Hawaii, in Hawaii, who received, uh, you know, uh, alerts, you know, via text, via uh, TV, radio, the emergency broadcasting system, telling them that they had a, uh, a ballistic missile inbound. Now, naturally, people are going to think it's uh, a nuclear tip weapon. Uh, people probably thought it was from Korea, of course. They probably thought it was the beginning of a war. And the serious thing about it is that the people uh, weren't the, the the false alert wasn't counted for over 38 minutes. And you got to think about, you know, like us, like none, none of the people on the phone who don't live there, you know, we didn't experience it. So we can't even imagine, to be honest, what the, you know, the type of anxiety and stress those people went through today. You know what I mean? We were doing our thing, living our life. And these people over here, uh, if you, I don't know if any of y'all listened to the actual broadcast, it was saying that that was a, you know, uh, uh, impact was imminent within, you know, a few minutes. So imagine if you were at work. Uh, imagine if it had been a school day, you know what I mean, and your kids were at school and you 20 miles away at your job or uh, you, however, whatever distance from home, even if you're at home. Uh, people don't, I don't think people really think about, you know, what it'll mean. Even when people talk about they kind of prep up and, 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 and do all this stuff, they don't think about what it actually means when it's game time. It's just like a lot of people, you know, buy firearms and everything, and they always, you know, thinking, well, somebody, you know, try to rob me, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. But it's anybody know, like some of y'all know, when you when you get in it, it's totally different, you know, when you actually going through the experience than when you were mentally prepping for it. And uh, you'll see a lot of people falter in their planning. And I think, you know, I just imagine even if you and your wife or somebody were on the, you know, you know, on the highway somewhere, and everybody you going across one of those billboards, and you get an amber alert saying, uh, you know, a ballistic missile inbound, take cover. A lot of people probably would have, you know, I can imagine people would have pulled off the road or tried to pull into some building or, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, the thing about what am I going to do depending on where I am. What if you're, you know, if you work in a, uh, or you live in a high rise or you work in, a, uh, you know, in a in, in one of the towers in, in the city, you know, like in some type of main, um, you know, some, you know, some office place that's, you know, 40 stories up. That's a bad place to be during a nuclear, you know, blast. Uh, I could see people, you know, bailing out of the, you know, running out of their office and trying to get down the steps. Or so a lot of people probably still try to take the elevator, believe it or not. And some people will hit the, you know, hit the steps. You can create that could have caused a su- su- significant and severe panic, especially with the time frame that, you know, that the, that the event was allowed to uh uh, you know, un, you know, t- the time frame that it was allowed, that was allowed for it, um, that could have put a lot of stress in a lot of people's lives. Like if you listen to that one guy, I think the senator said, you know, him and his kids were like in the bathtub praying, you know what I mean? And uh, we was outside playing today, you know, just doing, you know, so it's a serious stress and it's something to really, really think about, like where you at, like if I'm, if I'm in a vehicle and I'm on a highway and it's a lot of, you know, we might be stuck in traffic and I get that alert. Even if you don't know it's false or not, you don't know, okay, if I'm stuck in traffic, you know, what do I do? 
my thing would be to get out of the vehicle and go lay down and, you know, try to find a gully or something to get down and go, you know, um, down off the side of the road or something. Um, because I don't, I don't, the key thing is you don't know where the, where the, where the miss is going to impact. That's, that's the number one thing. And you don't know how, you know, you know, how close you're going to be to it. Generally, and we'll talk about that a little further. If you outside of a 10-mile radius of the impact, depending on the size of the warhead, and y'all know we talked about that before when we looked at, uh, you know, nuclear blast calculators, depending on the size of the warhead, and, um, you know, that'll determine a lot of things, you know what I mean? But if you generally somewhere around 10 to 20 miles away from it, you should be relatively safe. Uh, if it, you know, detonates within five miles of your location, that's a serious problem. Uh, if you, you know, if you're closer than that, you know, you really got some problems uh, as far as dealing with, you know, uh, the effects of the weapon itself, you know what I mean, from blast to radiation to heat, um, you know what I mean, just stuff like that. Uh, it's going to be serious. So you have to look at where you are. If I'm, like I say, if I'm on the road, I'm trying to get down in a gully or something or some type of depression. I don't want to be in my vehicle per se because I'm not sure if that's going to provide me. I want to get to the lowest point possible. It's just like if somebody threw a hand grenade in the area when you were out there, people go, you lay flat, you know, and um, just like, you know, for, you know, some of y'all who know, if you got a, uh, when a bomb goes off, it, it overpressurizes the, you know, the immediate area. You want to keep your mouth open or hollow, or breathe, you know, like to kind of let, you know, the overpressure sort of pass through your ears and out of your mouth. Uh, and you know, you don't, you know, you just want to, you don't want it to pop your lungs and stuff like that. You don't know what it's going to, you know, no, none of us have been, in the vicinity of a nuclear blast, so we can't even imagine what the real pressure, uh, you know, the um, the overpressure would be from something like that, um, even at distance. So one of my key things, I want to get low, cover my head, keep my legs together, keep my feet together, and just lay as flat as, you know, flat as possible, um, you know, in the event something like that is going to happen. Now, that'll look real crazy if you're on the highway and you're the only person getting the message too, and everybody else looking like, what the hell, you know, because that's another thing I thought about to do today, too. I wonder how many people actually listen, listen to um, the radio. A lot of people, when they're in their cars, they're listening to, you know, uh, music that, you know, they're listening to music that they control. They listen to CDs or uh, MP3s or whatever people listen to. But I, I doubt you really have a lot of people that actually listen to um uh, a regular FM AM radio where those broadcasts will be interrupted, but you wouldn't get a broadcast interruption if you, you know, if you got your favorite CD on. You have to be, you right. know, hopefully at a point where you see some type of uh, road sign, and you know, like the Amber Alert like they have in Georgia. I'm not sure if they have that everywhere, but here in Georgia, they well, send messages across. Go ahead. Well, I think um, I think most people have um, mobile phones, and I think most mobile phones are set up for um, alerts such as that. I mean, I think you have to turn them on, keep them on, and keep them available. But um, right, anytime I get an, uh, we get an uh, uh, amber alert, a silver alert, um, some kind of major storm or something, phone goes into this tirade of noise to let me know that something is going on, and and only because I have the alerts on. And you know, a lot of people probably ignore them and don't turn them on or whatever, but. I believe most people have um, phones, and you can be alerted, but you need to make sure that 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 uh, part of your device is turned on. Um, when you were saying about the car, um, my thing with with being in a vehicle and um, hearing something like this go out, 
whether the blast is five miles or not, um, sewer systems. I think sewer systems might be deep enough to uh, protect you. That now, this I'm not an expert on this stuff. Um, I'm just taught, I just know that over the years and, and you know, in a little bit of training that I do have, um, shielding is a big, big plus in any kind of radiation because we understand like alpha and beta are usually particulates, right? So as right. long as you as long as you don't um, ingest them, inhale them, or they uh, break your skin through through particles, you can pretty much take your clothes off, throw them on the ground, put some new clothes on, and, and be safe. You can go and take a shower and wash any excess dust off of your body and, and, and pretty much get a, a large amount of that alpha and beta off. The only thing, I mean, the subject we're talking about really is uh, that nuclear, that gamma. That energy is hard to um, hide away from. So it, even if it hit, say, the top of a mountain and exploded, we all, we understand how explosions go, right? They don't just blast in a certain place. They 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 blast in kind of a um, in kind of a, 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 a spherical, a dome spherical, kind spherical. of shape. And it right. generally up and out. It's spherical, you know, you're 360, unless it's something preventing, right. you know, uh, depending on right. if it's on the side of a mountain or something like that, yeah. Right. Spherical if, up if, and if, out. The way that, if there's something that can, that can direct some of the blast, then the people behind that, whatever, that thing that guides the energy um, are probably going to be okay. Um, but if blast hit and people drop down, into into just like low spots. Um, again, it's energy. It's not like it's just a blast of dust from alpha or beta. It's not going to just go poof and spread around and that'll be it. Energy is going to go anywhere and probably as deep into the ground as it can go. So I, I mean, if you if you're in a vehicle, um, the only place that would be probably completely unsafe is maybe uh, uh, an interstate. Elevated um, highway, right? Like an overpass where you can't find a sewer system. Because I, I would, I would personally recommend if you can get out your damn car, if you can pop one of those sewer caps and get your ass, excuse my language, get but get down in it. Um, I think those things are deep enough that it'll afford you some protections. Okay, now, that's just my opinion. That's not a practice. That's not something that's being taught to me. Um, but, I've, you know, we look down in sewers for all kind of stuff in, in my business. People fall in them, cats, dogs, all kind of things fall in them. Um, the dangerous part about sewer systems, you never know when, they, when them things are going to flush through, right? But given the circumstances, um, you have a choice, you know what I mean? And I'm not. I'm not saying that you, what you said is wrong or right. You may be completely right. I'm just saying that our my thing is get as much um, surface area between you and any kind of radiation um, energy because you know radiation sickness is bad. You know it destroys you all the way through your body. I, I got a question. Uh, what a 
Well, since I'm in Chicago, uh, it's a major bank not too far from me. Will a bank vault help? Is so most most old banks are like old cathedral churches and the old uh, like uh, Chicago is a perfect place for Chicago. Most major cities have um, structures in them that have these. that are made out of, you know, granite or really thick, heavy rock um, um, construction. And if you can get with, get in those places, uh, they usually can block a lot of um, a lot of energy. It, it, um, and most of them um, can withstand blast. Is marble you know, good? Marble, granite, all of those uh, very all of those rock surfaces that need to be cut into shape before they use to build um, end up being really good. Um, heavy lead, um, but, you know, there are no structures built with uh, lead, not that I know of. Um, and I guess even like, you know, like old castles, and I mean, I'm reaching a little bit, but, you know, people who build built old castles out of um, rock, usually the walls, of a castle are probably about four feet thick because the you know the structure is really big, and I, I'm I'm almost sure that the thicker the structure, the the, the better um, protections you have from you know nuclear energy, radiation energy. Let me let me add something. Let me add something to that, and and to speak to some of the things you said. Um, I agree with you about, uh, of course, if you get in the sewer, that, that you know, to be below ground, uh, just like with most explosions, uh, mm-hmm. nuclear nuclear weapons pretty much follow the same protocol except for the type of, uh, the type of explosion it is. You know, when you have, okay. you, know, either, you got either the fusing of atoms or the splitting of atoms, which other, right. you know, other type of explosives, they don't do that. They just, uh, you know, uh, either, you know, deflagrate or, you have a chemical change, a rapid chemical change, and a rapid production of heat that create right. you know those expanding gases. You know, uh, uh, shatter things. What you talk about, bristles. You talk about shattering power. It shatters. You know, because of the heat, the air. It's like the right. earth. When you have a superheated spot, the earth balances itself out by pulling that heat out of that concentrated area and spreading it over a wider area. Uh, in a sense, and that brings balance. You know, like a temperature balance to the area. And that, of course, creates a, a, a serious blast wave because the air moves. You got a superheated gas and superheated air. It, you know, the air, air surrounding air moves away. And of course, with that, uh, as you were saying, you have different radioactive. Uh, uh, you, you have different forms of electromagnetic energy uh, that's produced from a, a nuclear uh, weapon detonation. Like you're talking about alpha particles, beta particles. Then you have actually rays of energy from, you know, X-rays, gamma rays, and free right. neutrons. Now, free neutrons are really extremely destructive. Yes, um, absolutely. And, they, they, you know, of course, they and gamma rays. Lead is a, is a good shielding um, uh, material if you got it thick enough, like you said. But I think some of the realities, uh, the, some of the things about gamma rays and neutrons, a lot of times those are, I look at those things like uh, when, when you have a weapon burst, those gamma rays and, 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 and free neutrons are more like gunshots. Like, let's look at it like this. If a, if a nuclear bomb detonated, you don't know exactly. There's going to be a thermal pulse, and in that thermal pulse, 
You're going to have uh, gamma rays that are going to go out in probably a 360-degree uh, uh, direction, but still mainly up and out. You know what I mean? Uh, you're going to have free neutrons. Uh, they're going to do the same thing. But at, and it's just like when people are shooting at you, those rays of energy, they are not static. They won't stay in the area, if you understand what I mean. From my right. understanding, right. they'll right. kind of pulse. You. It'll be a pulse energy. If you're exposed to that initial pulse, you know what I mean? If you at a high place and that those those rays hit you, then yeah, you're gonna have some problems. You're gonna have some real problems. Uh, well, yeah, that, you're gonna. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, um, but that's why. Like, and and I think we're in agreement. Uh, if the lower you can get, and if you like, uh, like you were telling Brian, if you can be somewhere, my problem here's my thing about structures and and even cars with your structures. Uh, you know, mobile structures, but it's still something man-made. Uh, nothing in your vehicle is going to pre- pre- uh, prevent gamma rays or free neutrons from, you know, flowing through your vehicle and flowing through you. Nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, most buildings, uh, they will offer some shielding, even if they're not, you know, extremely thick. They'll offer some shielding because uh, somebody's phone uh, creating a lot of background noise. Um I think what they'll do. I'm sorry. That's oh, that's okay, man. Uh, what they'll do anytime something is passing through something before it's hitting you, of course, is you know is to a degree lessening the intensity of it. Um, but if you can get low, hopefully you can avoid that thermal pulse and those gamma and 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 you know those gamma rays and and stuff like that in that initial burst and that you know an initial flash. Uh, then of course after that you got to deal with like you were saying, Jermaine, the beta and alpha actual particles. That may be left, and a lot of times when you get radiation, um, those type of particles, uh, like a lot of people think when something, um, if a nuclear bomb go off, it's going to turn everything radioactive. Uh, like they'll think a person, a cat, a tree or something suddenly becomes radioactive. Things don't become ra- radioactive. Uh, you have what they call ionizing radiation, but you'll have what you'll have those particles, like if you have a nuclear bomb that, that if they airburst a charge, if they airburst one over a city, uh, you'll have less uh, radioactive fallout because why? The bomb didn't actually touch the ground. It didn't suck that much earth and material up into the fireball and ionize it. You don't have particles, you know what I mean? You don't have actual material sucked up into the fireball that's now been blown out, you know, vaporized and blown out, and, you know, that's been ionized or that has alpha and beta particles all over it. You see what I'm saying? Um, that's the danger when you're talking about, you know, fallout, you know, those particles just floating around, you know, high up in the atmosphere and going whichever way the, you know, the jet stream take them or which, are, you know, wherever the prevailing winds are going. And that's normally not, that's not a 360 degree thing. Like a lot of people think it's going to follow, you know, uh, even if you look at like, uh, charts of, uh, you know, radiation flow, it's generally like, you know, it's kind of a, a narrow band, that is going to flow in some particular direction, and it's going to be, you know, dropping particles all along as it goes. Uh, of course, if you have a bomb actually hit the ground, you're going to have a lot of probably residual, you know, uh, radiation because you're going to have a lot of material that's been vaporized, and not completely vaporized, but you're going to have a lot of things that have been, you know, reduced, and now it's, it's like, uh, you know, dust, you know, uh, ionized material that's, you know, on that dust and flowing through the air. So it really depends on, you know, how to bomb, what type of, you know, uh, impact that you have. Uh, if it's subsurface, which is unlikely unless they, you know, use some type of nuclear bunker bust or something. But, 
Uh, of course, that'll generate more, you know, more material, but you might have less blast effects because, you know, a huge amount of the energy went into the ground instead of, you know, hitting directly on the surface of the ground. Uh, if you have it in the air, depending on how high it is, you could have a lot of overpressure and that could potentially create more damage. I don't want to be in any structure near ground zero because even if, let's say, if I went into a bank vault, uh, I don't want the building falling down on top of me, and now I'm trapped in the bank vault waiting on some uh, some people to, uh, you know, try to get me out of there. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. That could be days, and then I nine times out of ten, I didn't bring anything in there to eat or drink. That could, that could add up to a very, uh, you know, a very painful death, a slow, painful death. You know what I mean? Right. You want to be airtight uh, after the blast, and, and you just, you know, you just walked into your own tomb. I, I mean, I hear you. I think yeah. um, grounds. I, I think um, any any hot zone is is just a bad place. I think most things in a hot zone in a, in ground zero, whatever language you choose, um, is always going to be in grave danger. And depending on, uh, I guess, what type of um, instruments used. Um, how far the blast can is going to um, push out to, to um, expand to um, creates a problem. Uh, what we say is uh, what we say, and, and what studies have shown, um, according to the lessons that we've learned, is that um, any kind of um, blast of, of of that kind, um, usually the projectiles um, hurt kill people first. Right, you're gonna die from the car flying or the you know the glass, you know flying and rocks and all of these things that shattered, uh, flying at you at such high rates. It's just like you were saying, like with a you know with a gun. It's like getting shot with a with a gun. You know what I mean? So those things will uh, penetrate your body um, and and do extremely. Um, large amounts of damage to soft tissue. So those things will, will definitely harm you first. But um, when we start talking about um, the uh, protections levels uh, of, of uh, shielding or finding a place to go, um, I'm assuming we're talking about this thing hit the ground. We have, you know, we're not in the hot zone. We may be at, you know, in the warm zone or in the cold zone and have time. If you're in the cold zone, you, you have a time to actually do something and, and, and move out of the area. You're in the warm zone, you know, either eventually it's going to spread or it's going to stop at a, at a certain point, and this is where you'll have your public safety people doing their work. They'll be in the warm zone, you know, cordoning off the hot zone and, um, you know, assessing the damage there. Uh, for our purposes, uh, for for normal civilian everyday life, um, if you're in that warm zone, you want to move as far you know as far away from it as possible. Now, assuming this thing just hit, everybody's in shock. You don't know. Most people are going to get up if they can, and they're going to move away from where the damage is anyway. Um, so again, most of the damage. Uh, except for the fact that uh, gamma is energy and, it, it you know, it, it's going to spread, you know, as far as it can. You know, usually the, 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 the um, 
damage is done and the problem is over once, you know, that, that energy is set out. The problem we have is we don't have a way to, to test it. None of us have alerting systems that say, oh, guess what, I'm, I'm picking up gamma in this place or alpha beta in this, in this particular area. And um, it's, I'm reading 25 um, rem on my meter. You know, you don't have any detection devices and, and, and um, to get anything of that um, particular stature, any, any, any kind of device like that is extremely expensive. So something like that is going to hit us completely unaware and, and none of us are going to know we're hurt or we've been caught until it's too late as far as, far as you know, um, that sort of uh, energy spreading at that high speed from the blast. I don't know. I kind of went on a tangent and I was all over the place for that uh, moment, but um, I, I think you guys understand what I'm saying. Is it true that uh, some places are designated to be hit if a nuclear attack occurs? So, what, yeah. The, what was that question, Brian? I said, is certain places uh, designated to be attacked uh, if nuclear uh, weapons are used? Uh, like growing up back in the day, I used to hear they would hit Chicago because uh, oh, our train I, tracks. Oh, yeah, let me ask information I don't know. Chicago. Let, let me add I a couple of things. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. I'm just. I'm, I'm assuming what you're asking is, are the, uh, are there hard targets set up to be hit, or are yeah. you asking? Yeah. See that information. Yeah. I don't know. That's all. That's way above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know nothing about any of that stuff. All I know is, um, from the 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 the, the little bit of training that I do have, um. I know that heavy structures are your best bet for protection. So, you know, they they, sell, they tell you that when there's um, major weather coming in, um, you should go to the malls. These structures are big enough to hold large amounts of people, right? I wouldn't go there if there was some kind of nuclear attack because there's nothing to really protect you. Mall, most malls are made out of glass and you know, iron bars, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I, as far as there being specific areas to be attacked, I wouldn't have a clue about that. The, the only reason I say that is because growing up, you know, way back uh, in the 70s, uh, they would say certain cities were targeted to get hit, you know, strategic targets, uh, you know, and I know Chicago, all the trains, we're basically the spot where all trains come through here going from different places. And I just ask because, shoot, I'm in Chicago. <laughs> right, right. I'm, right. I'm that far. I'm like a couple of miles from downtown. Right. Let me, yeah, let me speak to you, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. 
No, you go ahead because I don't know. Okay. A couple of things I want to speak on. Um, answer your question. Uh, speak to what you asked. Uh, and I was trying to remember something Jermaine said. Uh, maybe come back. Jermaine, I, it was something I was going to add to what you were saying, but it, it, it slipped my mind just that fast. But speaking oh, to what so you're talking about. You want me to repeat what I said? or No, it was something that you were saying in the course of the conversation when you were talking earlier. It was some points that I wanted to add to it. It'll come back to me. Okay. Um, speaking to what Brian said, um, I'm just – here's the thing when you, when you talk about threat analysis, and you just in my opinion. Um, of course, every country, you know, like every superpower got, you know, target lists, and I'm sure they got backup target lists. If they can't hit one spot, they have another spot. They got a, you know, when it comes to, you know, nations uh, having nuclear war with one another, uh, let's say Russia and, Chi- uh, Russia and the U.S. or China and the U.S., um, they have, of course, they have critical, you know, uh, uh, infrastructure targets. I would presume it would only make sense that they would target major military sites. They would target, uh, uh, I don't think they would so much target civilian areas just for the sake of populations. You know what I mean? To far as far as killing people, because it's still even even though it would be nuclear war, to a degree, unless they just kind of went into a state of total war, uh, it still would be uh, knocking out. The key thing you want to do in any kind of uh, first strike, you want to knock out your your enemy's ability to fight. So military targets would be uh, the key points of uh, attack. Uh, and you want to try to be the first people to get off your get off your rounds, and hopefully they can't mount. Uh, you know, some amount of uh, significant counterattack. Uh, the United States and most other countries, they keep their 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 nuclear arsenal uh, going in a sense, 24 hours a day, and they keep them um, dispersed. Like you know, most of I would presume most of the the, the missiles are land-based missiles where they sit in silos or something like that. Mostly in the U.S., the Soviet has a lot of so uh, Russia has a lot of their missiles. On uh, on mobile carriers, and I'm sure they got a lot of ground-based uh, weapons too. But they have a lot of that's kind of smart thing they did. The U.S. entertained that some years ago, but I'm not sure. I don't even think the U.S. still does that. Uh, not only do they have land-based uh, systems, which you're going to have your heaviest payloads. Um, they have submarine systems, you know, and that's the key. That's a that's a deterrent all nations have. So even if even if their land systems are somehow knocked out. They still can, you know, guarantee some type of response with their nuclear uh, submarines or the sub, you know, the submarine launch weapons. And on top of that, then you probably still—I'm not sure if Russia and the United States still do it, but I know for a while they had a, you know, they would keep, you know, like uh, strategic bombers in the air, 24, you know, 24 hours a day, uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You know, they always had those planes in the air carrying those weapons. Uh, in the event that you know, uh, you know, the country took a, a, a significant strike and they weren't able to launch their ground units. So every country has you know redundancies where they can pretty much guarantee a counter strike, even if it's not uh, a severe counter strike. They will probably in that case. I think if you destroyed, if somehow the United States suffered a sneak attack and they destroyed you know most of our capacity to return fire then the targets may move from uh, certain military targets to just, you know, like uh, punitive strikes, you know what I mean, reducing the population of the, you know, of the offending country. They may hit military and, you know, just civilian targets. If it's a, 
what you call like an existential uh, threat where, you know, the country is like, hey, man, we, 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 you know, we done. So let's hurt these people as much as we can in return. Uh, you may have that way. That could be a possibility where you can find civilian areas uh, targeted more. But in generally in military terms, if you're dealing with military powers, they're going to try to knock out uh, all the systems needed to run the country. They're going to knock out military targets. They're going to knock out transportation, you know, hubs. Uh, they may knock out major airports, you know what I mean? Uh, I see a lot of times people talk about hitting nuclear reactors. I don't see the point in uh, using a nuclear weapon to hit a nuclear reactor. That wouldn't, you know, I mean, that wouldn't cause significant damage to, I think people think if you hit a nuclear reactor, it's going to be, it's going to trigger some type of chain reaction, create some type of super explosion, and that wouldn't happen. You just destroy that area and probably, you know, uh, you know, spread a lot of radioactive material. You make that area uninhabitable uh, a good for a good distance. But uh, most, and I think people sometimes make the assumption, too, that a nuclear bomb can just, people think about a nuclear nuclear weapon, sometimes you listen to the way people talk, they act like it's something that if they launch one, it just blow up the whole country. Uh, when you, when we were talking earlier, when you look at, depending on the, 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 the uh, yield of the weapon, uh, like if you got an ICBM, might have, you know, seven to ten, you know, three hundred and thirty kiloton warheads on it. And that's another thing, people. A lot of people don't know that the the missiles carry multiple warheads, and those multiple warheads are individually targetable. One missile can carry, let's say, seven warheads, and have, and those seven warheads can hit several different targets within the state. And uh, that's what you're talking about, more so ground-based systems. You, submarine systems, I'm not, I think they're pretty much like singular warheads. They have singular targets. Uh, airdrop systems are probably pretty much singular targets. Um, but when you're talking about ground-based systems, you can hit multiple targets. But those targets, I'm just thinking, if I was a superpower and I was attacking, and, and for some reason they had came down to the wire like that, and I was going to attack another superpower who was, who was nuclear-armed, I would target, my targets would be, uh, military targets, out of air, you know, any airport, any major significant airports I would target, um, you know, all military installations that are significant I would target. Every significant, I would, of course, try to target, hopefully I would have had enough information to find out, you know, over the years of spying where all their key nuclear facilities are, if they if they fixed in ground, I would try to hit those places with, with heavy strikes. And more likely, um, those strikes would be probably out in the Midwest, Places like I don't know Kansas and I don't know where all they got them out, but you know just the Midwest would I would hit them, and not saying and I'm not proposing or, or, or hoping or wishing no attack on the United States, but I'm just looking at if I was the enemy attacking our country, this country, uh, I would probably concentrate most of my heaviest strikes in you know in in in, in, in ground based systems. I would try to locate as best as I could where enemy subs were. And try to destroy them, you know, with 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 uh, you know, uh, strikes, you know, in in the ocean, wherever I thought they might be, you know what I mean. Uh, so I would try to knock out their nuclear deterrence, and I would try to knock out their land-based systems. Of course, I would, you know, try to detonate, you know, multiple uh, high-altitude uh, weapons over their over their country to try to, you know, create create as many EMP posts, um, EMP posts as I could to hopefully knock out. Um, you know, a good deal of the uh, just to black out the country, put the country in a blackout if I could. And I would do that continuously. I wouldn't just do one strike. I would fire them randomly at different times. But uh, I would try to knock out um, 
like I said, a military target. I would try to, you know, black the country out. I would try to knock out, uh, you know, all the, you know, government. I wouldn't really, it wouldn't be so much, it wouldn't be so important to me to target government centers because I would assume that the government people wouldn't be there. Like, I wouldn't target the White House because I would assume that the president is not going to be there. If I were to destroy that place, and I'm just, this is just hypothetically saying, you know, if I was an enemy attacking this country, I would destroy it for symbolic value only. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them in the warheads. I would just probably send one just to destroy it, you know, for the, for the symbolic value. But mostly I would focus on military targets. Uh, I would focus on major airports. I would focus on their uh, – their, um, uh, I would maybe destroy their economic centers, places like that. But money can always be you, – you can't really destroy an economic center by destroying buildings. Uh, I would destroy their energy reserves if I could. If they had major – anywhere they got major oil fields or, uh, you know, uh, any kind of – you know, any, any targets that I could hit that are essential to the nation running. Um, that's why airport now you will probably have some civilian airports targeted like Hartsfield Jackson is the busiest airport in the, uh, it was in the world at one time, even more than London Heathrow. So I could see Hartsfield being targeted, uh, just to knock out, you know, to, uh, ground, you know, ground transportation, uh, out. I would probably knock out, you know, the major rail hubs, uh, wherever Amtrak or, you know, yeah, that's uh, what I was other? talking about because we, we hmm? are pretty much dead center of all the yeah. railways. Yeah. I mean, I would knock like, out, I wouldn't, you, you wouldn't target every single, you know, rail station or even, I just want to knock out, I look at targets that I can knock out that would pretty much neutralize all the rest of them. You know what I mean? Right. If there's a, wherever the major rail hub is, that's what I would hit. Uh, believe it or not, too, I probably would hit the major universities, the cities where they got major universities. Um, I would hit them, too. Because I want to destroy the brain, the brain power of the nation, and I would presume that Yale, Harvard, Stanford, different places like that, you know, that's where you know a lot of the scientists or you know a lot of the most brilliant people are. Um, I would target those areas because I would want to knock out, like I said, a brain stop. And um, that's just, that's just how I would look at it, you know, as far as you know, um, neutralizing neutralizing country anywhere you got a naval. A naval yard, you definitely want to hit those targets. Uh, Long Beach, California would be probably hit. Uh, places in Virginia, um, of course, their intelligence services, wherever they located, you probably hit them. But those places have backups, too. You know what I mean? They're going to know probably know what's happening long before, um, you know, a, a missile ever get there. They would destroy the Pentagon um, for the sake of destroying it, uh, even though those people, a lot of the key people in the Pentagon have probably done got the hell on. Uh, a lot of the people in the intelligence apparatus would actually survive. Um, a lot of people in politics would probably, you know, uh, the key political figures would survive. And even if they did survive, they got, you know, America has, like every other nation, has redundancy systems. Um, the Midwest uh, would probably be devastated. Um, a lot of targets along the East Coast, uh, Texas, where you got refineries and stuff like that. Uh, major shipping points, major transportation hub. You want to cripple the country. Uh, they may not destroy the oil fields. They may not destroy that because that's a resource. If somebody were planning to invade, if they just all out war, they'll just destroy the shit. You know what I mean? They'll just destroy it for the sake of they're not trying to get it. They just want to make sure you can't use it anymore. Um, whether they would target major metropolitan areas, technically to target, like, 
Uh, I don't know how they happen in Japan where they targeted major cities, but generally it's a act, it's a war crime to uh, to uh, target civilian areas. But you know, uh, at that point, if you if you in nuclear war, who's gonna be who's gonna be writing tickets? So uh, you know that would be that. But I would think that you know as I think oh I know what the point I was gonna make, Jermaine. I agree with you about the sewer, but I think one of the things uh, we had to think about too. I wasn't talking about like the case what happened today. People today, like we sit up here talking about it because we got time to think on it. But a lot of people uh, today in Hawaii, they had no time to think about it. You know what I mean? And a lot of you'd be surprised what people, people, people's reservations don't come out to their face with things. I would like to see how many people would actually lift a manhole and jump down in it. I wouldn't have no problem with it. But you'll be surprised how many people would be like, I'm not going in there. And then on top of it, too, a lot of times, you know, for a fact, sometimes going in manholes, that you can have an issue not only of, you know, overflows of sewage, but just have methane gas building up down in there. You know what I mean? You can have, uh, you know, the the air quality in the sewer can be uh, unhealthy and, and potentially dangerous. Um, but if you, you know, if that's if I if I'm downtown or if I'm, you know, if I'm in a major city area, you really ain't got too many choices. Uh, that might be the best choice, but my my number one thing, and it's just more personal, I do not want to die trapped anywhere. You know what I mean? I'd rather take my chance in the open. I would definitely not want to be anywhere where there are, you know, uh, uh, you know skyscrapers and, and tall buildings because, like you were saying earlier, um, Jermaine, when you have, which, you, you know, the, the, a huge cause of death for the people, not if you're at ground zero, you're probably going to be vaporized. You know, a mile or two out after maybe, I don't know, eight miles or so, you're going to be subject to, you know, uh, structural, uh, uh, you know, blast damage, you know, blast uh, from, you know, from the explosion where, you know, fragments and uh, shrapnel right. and stuff like that. And then even thermal, you know, therm- you know uh, 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 from the right. heat, you, you can get, you can get su- suffer severe burns at a good distance just from the um, the radiant heat from, uh, from that flash because, uh, you know what the uh, you know the temperatures inside the nuclear explosion is you know to a degree are hotter than the sun, so you know and y'all ever been uh, Jermaine you know for a fact you know you go next to a car that's on fire on the highway, you can't even oh, get yeah. nowhere near that thing man because of that radiant heat from that car man is uh I mean you don't right. know how you what, what Jermaine even what in this twenty thirty feet yeah so um even uh, the smallest car that you can think of uh, once that catches fire and we we we're talking about um magnesium right most engine blocks are made of out of magnesium which burns hotter than um most things so yeah the radiant heat is probably you probably yeah probably about 15 20 feet away so um and that's in, and even in turnouts, that's that's really hot. So as far as temperature is concerned, uh, it can be about you know fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred uh, degrees. And we yeah. go in with a with a um, fog nozzle, which you know is like an open spray, just to cool off the area that we're walking through before we actually hit the car too. So yeah. Yeah, radiant heat is going to destroy a lot of things. And think about this. Uh, you know, me and Fred were talking about this earlier, and I was, you know, so we were just, you know, brainstorming him being near the airport and the airport taking it. And I thought, and here's another thing about 
you know, we talk about, you know, uh, uh, the good thing about it a lot of times, like even when, if, if you have a weapon detonate, and that's the thing, too, we were looking at nations de- delivering uh, weapons. If it was something, what if it was a terrorist, you know, bomb, something, that's definitely going to, even if it's low yield, something 15, 20 kilotons or, or a half a kiloton uh, or one kiloton, uh, that wouldn't destroy much, you know, outside of, you know, like if you had a half a kiloton weapon, uh, it probably, I don't know, you, you still wouldn't have, you wouldn't have a blast radius uh, probably, if you outside of five miles of that, you'd probably be all right, but still it could create a huge amount of damage in a heavily populated area or, uh, you know, like a, a city center or something like that. Uh, but even if you, you know, like I was telling Fred, if you got hit, they, if the airport got hit with something heavy, you know, uh, you know, a megaton, something around one megaton or multiple hits. I said, with all the homes and stuff around that area, and, and with Atlanta being one of the largest natural urban forests, you would have massive wildfires everywhere from people. Homes catch, you have houses and cars or ignite just from the radiant heat. You know what I mean? Right, um, right, right. You would have fires everywhere. And I think I don't think people just like I think a good example would be what happened in California when you had those massive wildfires, um, but those were mainly just involving trees. But you, you know, uh, think about the level of smoke. Uh, it would get dark. You know what I mean? Uh, it would be hard to breathe. And think about trying to uh, imagine trying to. I was telling him, I said, "Damn man, you have a hard time trying to just trying to potentially get out your neighborhood, even if your, you know, his house sits, you know, kind of like on a hill." And the lower part of his house is, like, down below the hill, kind of like a basement. That will be a good place. I would try to shelter at a, in, you know, just like with a tornado or anything else, I'd try to shelter in the inner part of my house. And, but I still have that concern in my mind, like, I don't, wanna, I don't want the house to collapse on top of me and I'll be trapped in here. And that's another thing that I do, like, even there in my bedroom, I told y'all that before, I keep an axe in my bedroom in case I got to chop my way up out of there, the house shelves or something. You know what I mean? I got a pry bar and I got an axe in here because I need to, I might need to chop my way up out of here. Um, you need people to, don't realize. Uh, go ahead. Little advice: get a get a pickaxe because <laughs> that pick is probably going to do more. That pick yeah. is probably going to do more for any hard structures than the axe itself, right? You uh-huh. figure uh, rocks and you know any other nonsense, any metal, any aluminum that's been. Uh, fortified or something to keep the structure in place. Um, you know, basements, most basements are, are concrete and cinder block. You right. can get, get yourself, get yourself a pickaxe, break right. through that stuff and then, you know, get on the other side. I, that, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, that's, 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 that's the perfect suggestion. And, and while we talking, do we got anybody else want to add something to me? We don't want to, uh, you know, we don't want to halt the conversation. It just, uh, anybody got questions, anything they want to throw in, feel free to do it. But uh, that being the case, you know, um, you know, it's the same thing. The reason I said, if, if you good thing about it, a lot of times terrain can help you. Now, if you live in a state where it's like real flat and open plains, think about that. If you have a bomb burst, it's going to be, you know, it's flat, open plains. So you probably get a good, you know, uh, it, you probably have more devastating effects over a larger distance because you know the everything's level, like you got in the Midwest. If you're in a place like Georgia where you got all these hills and people don't notice it when you're driving into the town, you don't you don't notice, you know, you know, a lot of people don't notice the area that they drive through. They don't notice when they you gotta go up a hill to come to my house and go down a hill. And Georgia's real hilly, so Atlanta could actually 
um, take a good blast. I even got Stone Mountain between me and Atlanta, so you know what I mean. That would actually, you know, Ain't to a Arizona, degree. Just flatland <laughs> itself. Yeah, places like that, you'll have. Think about it. You'll just have the blast. Uh, that 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 uh, that blast wave will spread. You know, uh, probably further. better because it has further because it got less things to run into and all the structures that it's running right. into. Uh, probably just small houses and stuff like that, and you know, if it didn't hit a city center, of course. But uh, the more things between, it's just like being in the woods. If somebody throw, if somebody throw a grenade into a room where you at, and somebody threw a grenade in the woods near you, if you got a lot of trees and brush, that's going to actually help mitigate some of that blast. Where if you're in a room with it, uh, you know, you just kind of it's open space and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna expand uh, more completely and. Uh, uh, more detrimentally to you, uh, if I can put it like that, um, because you don't have anything really between you and that blast so much. Um, but that's the thing, hills and stuff like that, they'll absorb a lot of gamma and uh, radiation and stuff like that. It'll it'll be impacting the herbage, just like Jermaine said. A lot of this stuff can penetrate uh, pretty deep into the ground, but i still rather have something between me and the radiation. Uh, of course, you know, they always tell you don't look at the blast, because if you do, you're going to burn your retina. Uh, and go blind, but I think most people, you'll be, I think one of the things I was just, you know, I was thinking about too, Jermaine, we were talking about it from a a perspective of having time and the chance to prepare, but if it's, if it's 15 minutes out, I mean, y'all think about that real time, like right now, all of us on the phone, and if it go out over, we got 15 minutes, I got a man, I got people downstairs, people outside right now doing, you know what I mean, it's a lot of things, you gotta, you'll kind of be You'll kind of be a uh, deer in the headlight for a second, man. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. What's the best move to make? You know what I mean? Right, right now, Jermaine, you at work. You yeah, you exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like, oh, shit, you know, it'll get real, real for you. And I oh, promise yeah. you, guess oh, what? Yeah. All of I mean, having this conversation work. got me thinking, man. Just, just talking about it now is like, damn, you know, because right now, I'm not even at my home station. I'm I'm at a, a different house because they go on uh, manpower. Um, I'm about I'm about 15 miles from my house. You know what I mean? And that and and even if I, you know, ran through the streets, you know, running lights, got to the highway and got off where I need to get off to, you know, get home, it would it would probably take me more than that amount of time to get just get home um so yeah 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 and i mean and even what people really don't understand is you know we're sitting here having this conversation and then we have we have um a small amount of knowledge about the things that we're talking about um and and you you teach these things to your family and friends and you try to tell them what they need to do and how they need to do it but it's all talk you know what i mean it's it's not it's it's not they're not in Iraq. They're not in, 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 in Syria where bombs and things like that happen on a regular basis. So they're they're going to immediately think, okay, this will be over in a few minutes. You know what I mean? Right. Because we, we, we live in America. We've always been protected. So we don't think that uh, we, we're not always in a constant state of, you know, uh, survival where we, we need to pick up and, and move or we need to do something to to protect ourselves from any damage. So you're right. That that 15 minutes would be you'd lose that trying to figure out how you're going to get things done. Right. 
and I think that's a major problem too with a lot of us. And uh, um, you know, just like no matter what, uh, it's like it's, it's just like with a sophomore. And I'm I'm not gonna deviate to that too much, but it's just like uh, people. Everything is um, everything is a reality show for people. You know what right. I mean? I think Americans are probably I don't know about the majority of people, you know what I mean? I only know about the people in the spirit in which I exist. But you know, a lot of times when I look at other cultures, other races, other group of people, they seem to have they they take shit more serious than we do. Right. And they actually respond to um they just they just seem to have a better response to 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 I I'm gonna put it like this, stimulus. Uh, we kind of feel like we, everything is church oftentimes with us, just like what you're saying. We, we'll go to church on it, and then we feel like if we went to church, then we good with God. You yeah. know what I mean? So I ain't yeah. going to think about it no more. I'm good. We talked about that. I, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I'm good. I'm with that. God, God, good. I go to church every Sunday. I, I kind of I follow a sapho, so I'm prepared, or I follow uh, this this forum or this gun page and that gun page, and I'm prepared, but I don't do anything. Uh, I've never been actual, I've never had to go live on anything. I'm just, everything, you know, I think, um, I think a lot of people, I'm I'm almost positive, a lot of people wouldn't make it. I think people overseas would have a a better chance of surviving calamity than the average American would because the average, average American, no matter what they complain about, the average American don't know what hard life feels like people overseas do. Uh, poverty overseas ain't like poverty in America. And there's some people really suffering in America. There's some people close to it. But uh, I think a lot of people, like, you know, in my travels and places I went overseas, people are tougher. You know what I mean? Because they just kind of used to not having nothing. They used to surviving, as you were saying, Jermaine, where people in America kind of used to being dependent. Even when you're poor, to a degree, you can depend on the government. Uh, If you're homeless, to to a degree, you can depend yeah, you can, you know, it's, you can get right. I right. mean, so even the homeless, like right now, you know, this weather, this bad weather, you know, most homeless people, there's usually um, some psychological reason for them being homeless. They, you know, they feel trapped or whatever it is. Uh, the truth mm-hmm. is they get out there and uh, they start going into hypothermia and somebody discover them. Somebody will pick them, have the, you know, 911 will pick them up. We'll take them. We'll give them a place to sleep. We'll warm them up. We'll give them food to eat. You know, who, who you know, in in a country where, you know, things are not as great as we all as we all want them to be, um, we're still a protected society. You know, um, you you can't. I I went to Mexico. I took my children and my wife to Mexico, um, and I found that once you get past the beach on the resort, it's the uh, public beach, and a lot of the uh, people who live there actually live on the beach. They have, like, homeless people who live on the beach. I saw that, you know? uh, saw that in uh, – I even saw that in Hawaii, believe it or not. Yeah. I was amazed that uh, – I don't know anybody right. living in Hawaii. There was a lot of homeless people, and they fish every day. They, uh, yeah. I was talking to a lot of them. I was talking to a lot of people. I was talking to uh, – I sat down and played chess with these dudes. Um, and a uh, dude from New York, and uh, he said he moved to Hawaii, I guess, after the military, and he never came. And he's still in the United States, but he was acting like he was in a foreign country. And, and uh, he said he had a daughter in New York and all that. I like, you never get to him. Nah, man, I, I kind of – I didn't have no respect for him because of that. I like, you know, how the fuck you ab- abandon your family, excuse my language. But uh, he was out there living homeless on the beach where they, you know, they be driving – had their little carts and stuff uh, full of stuff and – I saw it in Puerto Rico. I saw it in um, 
A couple of places. I didn't go, you know, I didn't try to visit poor areas everywhere I went, but. Right. Um, but you got to imagine that um, places like that, especially when um, your weather is not um, constantly changing, that it. it, it right. It, if you have a, some semblance of survival, if you, if you know, have some skills, um, surviving in that particular manner in, in a, it's a kind of easy where the right where the climate is is very rarely harmful to you 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 you're probably going to do well you know you're not going to be fun I always I always laugh you know me and my wife I always tell her you know poor people in America the homeless people in America are richer than you know some of the people here in in, in these third world countries and you know in in you know Africa in in you know the lower parts of Africa in in um Mexico, you know what I mean? These people right. can stand out on the corner for eight hours in a day and probably make about, you know, $500. You can't do that in Mexico, right? You're not going to do that in Mexico. Stand outside and make $500 and, and, and you know, and be okay. That's not going to happen. So um, it's it's a lot easier, and, and this is a poor analogy, lack of a better word, a, a better saying, um, that it's it's probably easier to be homeless in a place where the climate is pretty um, stable, where 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 warm weather is is ninety uh, percent of the time, and the only other thing you really have to worry about is uh, rain, you know. So right. it's probably uh, just completely different, uh, but. Yeah, we, we, we are definitely a, a protected nation. And when we talk, we get back on subject. It's, uh, um, we, we're going to take things. We, we, we're going to. We, we take things for granted because we always have somebody to save the day for us. Right. You know let, me, let, me, let me run something to y'all. Just quick questions uh, for everybody listening who, who can talk. Um, let's run some scenarios. Uh, different locations. Uh, inbound missile. What's your what? What's your thought? Uh, you at work? Inbound missile. You find out what's your what's your what's your action? I want to know what everybody would do. I mean, your thoughts, not what's right and wrong. What the rules say. What you and picture being at your place of work. Oh, uh, right. If you if you at home, everything you don't work. You know, picture being at home. What's your immediate action? What's what's your plan? So we're assuming that that we know this right uh, now. Right now. Right now. We know, we know it's coming. Yeah. And it's not false. Um, it's real. What's your immediate action? I'd probably call my wife and try to tell her to get, you know, as low in the bill. I would tell her to leave the apartment and get low into the building, into the structure part of the building, and, and stay there until what's I... The, what's until the, what's I the, where, where would that be in, in your apartment? Uh, okay, so, so it, I, I'm going to try to paint a picture. I'm not really good at this. Okay, so um, imagine uh, uh, an apartment building, four-story apartment building. Uh, the main level is actually the the the, the, the there four stories plus mm-hmm. there's a lower level, a, a basement level where there are two apartments. Um, the two apartments on the very bottom have one, two, three. Each apartment had, towards the back of the building has four windows, um, and on the very lower level of the building, um, 
there there are no windows and and, and there's a metal door. So that hallway there, um, the only opening would be the door, the metal door that lets you in and out of the building, and then the uh, actual stairwell. And everything around it is brick. There's brick all the way around, plus the the airspace between the two apartments that are down there. So as far as, you know, again, we go back to shielding. My first thought is get some place in the building, which is probably the lower level, the basement level apartment um, um, hallway. I would probably do that. I'd probably like go down there, stay there till I get there. And then I'd you think, probably. You think the structure could survive three to 600 mile an hour winds? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How would you what would you I, tell I, them to do I, well, when they well, got no, down no, there? No, listen, 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 listen. I don't I don't know if it would survive. Yeah, I think it would. Let's just but say three hundred. Let's say three hundred. Three hundred mile an hour wind. Yeah, I think it would survive it, but even if it didn't, like I said, the lower level is if you're looking if you drive if you come up in the driveway, the lower level is actually underground, under solid ground. Mhm. So the only other way is to walk around the back of the building, down a hill. Remember you talking about the ditch thing? Down mm-hmm. a hill, you know, a small hill, and all the way to the back of the building to come in through that one door. So even if the building, building... Yeah, and even if the building collapsed, um, that lower level would probably survive it. Okay. Hold on, one I, quick I, question before we go there, y'all. Who is... Uh, we got guest five on the phone. Who is that, uh that's me, Scott. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, Scott? Hey, Scott. Yeah, man. Yeah. Good talking to you. Yeah. But go ahead, Jermaine. I just saw somebody come on. I wouldn't see who it was. Okay. Yeah, so, so uh, what you what would you so tell them as far as how would they what would you tell them as far as what to do when they got in there? Would you tell them lay down, sit down? What would you tell them? Yeah, I did my my. I would say, hey, grab the bag out the closet, go down to the basement, sit down there until I get there. Everything I would tell them to uh, take, uh, you know, take any packs y'all got, anything you can use as, um, oh yeah, I got uh, a bag to protect them, to kind of, you know, shield them, even with, you know, with your bags and stuff, just kind of, you know, it depends. Some people sit, what they call it, uh, they used to have you sit in school when uh, it's a, uh, they have style. you put Indian style, put your uh, head between your legs. Yeah, I'll put bags or something over me, so you know, just the, every little thing you can to protect yourself from falling objects or. You know, crush injuries or, um, you know, right. even like, I don't know if a lot of y'all have it, but, uh, you know, like you can go to like those, uh, those, uh, those, uh, with them, uh, they got them here in Georgia. I don't know if they got them everywhere, but you know, like the place where they'd be doing rehab, they used to be, when they were real popular, when they were going around fixing houses up for poor people, they had them little, um, re, re, restores or something like that. They call them here. Um, but you can get like, um, you know, uh, helmets for like, uh, I got a bunch of, uh, helmets for like a dollar, you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, something like that. A dollar to five dollars right. or something like that. Habitat, though, Habitat for Humanity stores. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not about. sure if they still doing that, but, uh, believe it or not, just to throw it out there right quick, helmets are a good thing to have. People never think about that. But if you don't, you know, it's, it, you know, in, in, in any kind of emergency, wouldn't it be a good idea to protect your noggin? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all you know what I mean. Absolutely. But um, 
What would you do, bro? But, but 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 we thinking hey. on we we thinking on the fly now, right? We wasn't talking about ha- you know having. No, no, I just I just I just no, I just threw that out there. Just to, um, that was you know that was totally different. That's not on the fly, yeah. but I'm just saying uh, for the sake of. That's a good idea though. That's something. That yeah, just a good do. idea to have hell, man. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do, Brian? Uh, I had to grab a few of my kids. Uh. Make it down to the back part of my basement where it's all uh, brick instead of the rest of the house that's wood. Uh, grab some of my kids, grab me a blanket, uh, something like you say to cover myself with because uh, that's about all I got <laughs> right now. Uh, I, I don't have to worry about other people, though. That's... That's one thing I do. Do you have a, you got a go bag? You got food and water down there? Yeah, yeah. All right, flashlight? Yep, just bought batteries for that. All right, any kind of tools where if you, what's the chance of your building being collapsing on you or, you know, you being trapped down there? What do you think? Now, now the front part, I I can see collapsing back there. Uh, I got three ways out. So, okay. And then I got I got tools down there too. That's basically why I store all my uh, little tools and stuff. All right. Anybody got? And just going back to you uh, too. Uh, or, and I'm gonna go to the rest of y'all. I'm just gonna be asking y'all a series of questions. Just try to get y'all to think uh, about y'all current situations. Uh, I know Jermaine, you got gas masks. Do your family have gas masks? You got gas yeah. masks. Okay. Yeah. Do you think your wife, let me ask you a question, your situation is a little different. Do you think your family, uh, do you have your bag set where your wife would be, number one, know what to get, uh, number two, be able to carry it down there, and uh, number three, do you think they would have the, you know, wherewithal to see it through? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so uh, me, you know, I take my wife and kids camping quite a bit. Um, I pull out this stuff all the time and, you know, I let them goof off with it. You know what I mean? And one, you know, one of the things to get people used to, um, and, and at least in my family, um, get them used to things is to make it available. So, you know, my wife and kids, we put it on and we snap pictures and make it funny and fun. And, and then, you know, I'm like, okay, so this is all fun now, but you know, with you, if, you know, if something happened, I need you to put this on for real and you need to, you know, keep it on, you know what I mean? Okay. So, they don't have so many hangups about it. The bag is uh, right, you know, right it's in a closet at the front door, ready to go. You know what I mean? It, it has enough, uh, you know, food and and water and stuff like that. That you know, it's not too heavy, so it'll it, it'll hold them until I get there, and it shouldn't take me long to get there unless I just die. <laughs> you think? You think? Uh, and and this go for you and uh, with Brian. It's not an issue for you. But uh, it kind of, do you have, both of y'all got whistles or, or, or lasers or some type of signal device where if y'all were kind of trapped in people that y'all could, you know, blow? And do y'all have something, like even, do you think they would have the presence of mind to grab the cell phones, whistles and stuff like that where uh, maybe they could call out or try to, you know, um, you know what I mean, communicate? So, right. So um, also in the bag is uh, one of the bail fang radios. So, okay. Yeah. Now, um Again, uh, for for if the structure collapsed, which I highly doubt, um, um, we have I forget what you call them things, the little you know the little short um, antennas. Mm-hmm. We have the little short, short, short ones. Radio? 
Yeah, well, yeah, we got we got bail fangs, but we have yeah. um, we have this we have a, a set of switch out antennas. We we have these oh, little the nub antennas ones. that that yeah that the rubber duckies or whatever the hell you yeah. call them things. Yeah. Um, and and they they usually do well um in thick structures. I, I think I was telling you I had carried my radio one day with me at work, and I was able to hear some of the transmission from my job over my little, you know, toy radio, well, not toy, but over the little radio because of that small antenna then I, that I couldn't hear over the actual um, work radio. Okay. Uh, so those little short antennas do well at penetrating um, structures. You, you you can, so, yeah, that, you know, we have one of those in the bag. We have, um, they don't you know, little news radio in the bag, you know, little tiny radio, you know, it ain't nothing major, but it's lightweight. You can hear what's going on if there's any kind of uh, broadcast. So, yeah, yeah. So we pretty much set up. Okay. Uh, you know, and the bag may weigh, it may weigh 40 pounds. Okay. You know, I got a 17-year-old That's kind of heavy, though. Believe it. Yeah, well, you know, y'all know. Son, you know what I mean? He's, 40, 40 is heavy. Debo, what about you? Well, Debo, not a Debo on the computer. He not on, uh, he not on the call. Uh, they take us to uh, you, Scott. Uh, you got an inbound, uh, as an inbound missile to your area that you presume, and you know, I would presume if they that's the thing when if you get a, a transmission like that, you don't know exactly where it's coming in at, and you know, you know, you don't know, um, you know, of course, don't nobody know the circular error, gonna, what the circular error gonna be on if it's a, a you know a Merv warhead, so uh, they could be aiming at the airport but hit 10 miles out, you know, five miles, I don't know. Uh, I doubt the circular area is that bad, but they could hit within it could hit within your area. Scott, what, what's your immediate action once you, you get that information? Right now, what would your immediate action be? Well, good news. Uh, everybody in my family is now finally on board after Charlottesville, so now they're listening to everything I say. So as a result of that, um, my sister's house, which is the, the best structure for something like that. What I'm planning now is I'm basically going to stock her house up because, I, I, you know, you guys know I'm a minister. So I actually do food runs every Saturday, and I deliver to needy families. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start putting aside canned goods and breads and everything like that. I get, like, tons of stuff that I can't even get rid of every Saturday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to prep her house. And um, actually, my mother's house is already prepped. My brother just sold his house. He's about to buy one of the family uh, rental properties off my sister to live in because he's getting divorced. So I'm going to basically prep all the homes. But her home right now, her basement is uh, it was called a poor concrete basement, whereas it's mm-hmm. not center block or anything. So it's pretty deep. It's one of the older houses that was built in, like, the 1920s. So uh, she has an outside exit, a direct door exit, uh, straight to the basement, as well as a uh, uh, upstairs basement. So what I want to do is just basically stock it up. I know one of one of the major things I have to start getting is is uh, first aid kits. So I have it. I have all the stuff I have uh, in general for me. So in, in a situation like that, I haven't prepared for nothing like that because where I live now, these houses aren't made out of anything. I don't have a basement. If something hits, especially Philadelphia, because the Navy Yard where they retire all of the uh, aircraft carriers and all that, are right there in Philly. You know, so that is a, a decent, you know, target as well as the Philadelphia International Airport. 
You know, then I got Fort Dix and McGuire down the street from me. You know, so um, I would have to get to her house as fast as possible. And, and of course, the family now that they're on board, they're pretty mobile and they're really, really getting ready. Matter of fact, my family's there, believe it or not, one of those shootings. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Okay. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Charlottesville. Yeah, Charlottesville. After that Charlottesville thing, they saw that interest just was peak. You know, so uh, that's the only thing. I mean, the only thing I, and that, the first aid kits and the uh, the little things that you were talking about, bells, whistles, you know, anything that can call. I might get air horns, you know, put it in each house, or I might just go That's a good thing to have, too. I keep, yeah. I keep not to interrupt you, but um, right. that's something I keep in my kit, too. Uh, <clears throat> those air horns, because they'll even help, like, you in the, being in the wilderness sometimes. Right. You run into bears and stuff like that. You can sometimes... Um, you know, you can startle them creatures with that. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of people don't think about it. And definitely it can be heard, uh, you know, uh, uh, potentially heard on the rubble and stuff like that, potentially, depending on, you know, how deep you bury. But go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah, and also, uh, I got to get, I don't know if I could be able to afford the gas mask for all all the locations for the entire family. But I'm definitely going to look into something that, some type of respirators, because I know once the, that radioactive dust starts to settle, what happens is it gets into your lungs, they can potentially get cancer in the future from it. So, you know, right. you don't want to be breathing that air. So I have to get some type of – I'm thinking about getting some of these construction filter masks that we used to wear up on the on the base, you know, when we did asbestos and stuff. These are, the mm-hmm. micro filters in them are so strong that basically, you know, little bits of asbestos can't get through it. You know what I'm saying? So – um, now, as far as chemical warfare, you know, we'll be dead. But, you know, um, but as far as the, the dust, I know it'll keep the dust out. Yeah. What would you do right now, though? That's I, I got you on that. That's good information. I'm glad your oh, family is on board. I died. Yeah. <laughs> no, you win. <laughs> why why would you say that? I, I, how, I, okay, man, okay, how would you die? Tell me now. Tell, tell me how would you die? I, I personally believe I'm too close to target. Even me? if you won, if you were ten miles from them, if you weren't if you didn't die in the immediate flash and blast, how would you why, how would you die? Tell me if you didn't die in the immediate blast, uh how would you die? What oh, would you I do? Just, uh, I mean if you just woke up, you thought you were gonna die. Blast? Oh yeah, I, I, I get my stuff over to my sister's house. That's all it's simple as how, how, what would you? How, how would you? What would you grab? What would you do? It just, and I don't want it to be theory. I'm, I'm trying to get you to, to, because a lot of times, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of times when we talk about preparedness and stuff like that, we always kind of, uh, and I'm talking about everybody. People be kind of general about it, but like what happened with in Hawaii today, it got real for people. For people, they didn't, yeah. you know, they got a so-called official message, you know, from the government that they had a strike inbound, and I was telling them earlier that. You know, even with us talking, you don't know what it's like to you there and then you in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you're in the moment, you're not uh, – one thing I've seen about people when it comes to dying, and uh, people, everybody okay with dying until they have to they get to that point. You know, I used to joke with none of them. I mean, you know, Indeed. the joke was dying ain't shit until you get in there. You know what I mean? And that's when people start really wanting to live. Um you know, when they get to that point. So, I mean, and that's what I'm, 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 and what I'm trying to do is trying to really get you in the moment of thinking about 
if it was really, you know, right now outside your house, you saw a flash, the building shook or whatever, or you knew it was coming, you know what I mean? You heard sirens going off. What would your immediate action be right now? Do you, you know, would you grab your pack or, you know, like you can't say I'm going to but what would your, you can say that, but I mean, what are you going to do in, in, in route? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what I start is phone calls, you know, make sure everybody knows. Um, okay. Head to my sister's house because I have, uh, as far as my, my, my ready bags, I have actually five ready bags that are stacked up next to my gun safe. So I would just grab them, load my trunk up with them, and I, I'd head over there and, you know, we just rendezvous and, and get up in her basement. You know How long do you think it would take you to get your stuff, make that call, and get in your car and get on the road? Really? About 15 minutes. Realistically, about 15 minutes. Because, you know, I got, uh, like I said, I got everything packed up already. Um, only thing I have in my, my gun safe uh, is a couple bolt-action rifles that, you know, they're older, you know. So everything else is pretty much packed already. Because I've been pretty much, after Charlottesville, man, I've pretty much been, you know, in the mindset that it might be time to roll so especially where I live, the way these jokers be acting around here. So, um, and that's it, about 15 minutes, man. I mean, it's not like I yeah, have 15 minutes hour. for you to get in the car or 15, 15, 15 minutes to the car? 15 minutes to get to the car. Then it may, maybe your impact That'll be so they, had 30, they had 30 minutes, right? They, yeah. they, didn't, they actually, here's the thing. Once some, it takes 30 min, minutes for a missile on average, it takes 30 minutes for a missile from another country to come to our country. If it's a submarine launch missile, you got, I mean, basically almost no information. If they pull up off the coast and they launch 60 miles out, uh, you probably got 10 minutes. It's going to take a few minutes. Just, it's a, gonna second, take, you know, just a second. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's gonna take the time. The time, you know, the United States. If it's a, if it's a, a country war with another country, the United States, like all other countries, have satellites watching for launches. Once they detect the launch, you know what I mean. When the missile come up out the ground and that bitch take off, it's it's not it's not on pause. It's thirty minutes. You know what I mean. On average, it's yes. it's en route. So it's gonna take time for them to see what they seeing. Acknowledge what they're seeing, communicate what they're seeing. Right. You know what I mean. And then from the communication to it's gonna be immediate action on the part of government securing them themselves. Then if somebody gonna send an alert out. So in all that time it's taking, just just out of even human endeavor, key infrastructures will be protected first. They will get the message first. Civilians might by the time we get the message, we might already be 15 minutes in on flight time. You know what I mean. Y- yeah, y'all feel me? Because, we don't yeah, have 30 yeah. minutes. We might got 15 minutes tops. So you see what I'm saying? That that time frame is, is really pressing. If you go outside, if it takes you 15 minutes to get to your car and get it loaded, you may be just getting in your car as, as you experience, uh, as you see the flash. See, and then on top of it, some people ain't going to have shit to prep. They'll be, you'll hear cars cranking up, people running out of their house, jumping into their cars, burning out or some people might be sheltering in place. It'll be interesting. Hopefully I never see that though. But it would be yeah. interesting to see what would happen in an apartment complex, how people would respond. You know what I mean? I don't know. I it'll be interesting to see how many people would try to bail. 
how many people try to build and I have no idea where they're going. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could It'd almost be, tell you that. I could tell you this. Growing up in the projects, most people ain't going to go anywhere. They ain't gonna, they're not going to go. They're not going to – well, they, know, they ain't even going to do that. They're just not going to believe that it's happening. You're probably yeah, right. See, see, you I know what most LeBron, people get right? in the car we, to do? Most people get in the car to run to the store. Right. They're going to go and they're going to try to get gas. They're going to try to get maybe some water yeah, and some groceries, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. going to die in the process. Yeah. So, Tim, you know, Tim, most is, of us, don't, we don't open? take things seriously. Yeah, the, the stores, stores are going to be open. Because those yeah, people are not going to believe it either. But think about it. Once If they get the official message and the police go out, they're on the horns, and then they got the, the sirens blazing. I don't even know the police will go out to tell you the truth, because I think if people knew it was real, you'll probably have a situation where every man would be for itself. Uh, you, you're right. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I believe you will. I just don't believe. I believe that most people, I don't care what faction life you in, are going to not take it seriously. I think that, you know, again, we're a protected society. We think that, okay, well, they launched this missile and somebody's going to destroy it in the air. They're going to send, they already got planes up there ready to, to, to stop this thing from happening. We, we, don't, we don't think in terms of our own safety. We never think that way. I don't even think, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, my, my particular business is, is safety, right? And yeah. I, I believe that even some of the people who have the same exact training are not going to believe something like that is happening. I don't think we. I don't think we believe we, we're going to believe it. Right. The only time right. we believe something yeah. is if we go if we go through something first, right? So um, last year and the year before last, we had um, a snowstorm hit my area and jack everything up. I mean, people couldn't get gas, they couldn't buy groceries, and then what happened? The following year, somebody mentioned snow. And everybody went out and bought all the gas and all the groceries, and then the snow was really light and never hit. So now the stores are empty. You know what I'm saying? In America, we have to go through an experience in order for us to get on board and do the things that we need to do. And I don't. I honestly believe that we are not going. Most people, unless they're you know the 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 diehard preppers and you know, the, the, the people who are aware and, and, and even, you know, they, they may not be preppers, but they're, they're paying attention to all these things and they have an idea of what they need to have in order to survive and aftermath. But the majority of the people here in America will not do anything. They're going to think that if they, you know, we have this, thing, this saying in, um, in my area, well, this shit, if anything come near the White House, they're going to shoot it out the sky. So we, you know, we 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 don't believe that anything's going to touch down here. Look, nine eleven happened, and we still aren't as aware of the dangers going on around us. Because guess what? Next week something happens, and then somebody stops them. What I, what I always tell you: give it a name, right? right. You give it right. a name, you give it a face, and then we go, okay, it's all over with. No, it's not. It just began. It just then they began. fly a plane into the White House. Yeah, this about to fly a plane into the White House not long ago. The British came here and burned the damn place down. No, I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about in recent in in the last decade. Who? Somebody. They didn't get that. Small, small one engine plane. Private plane. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. Somehow they penetrated uh, the White House. I mean, security, right? Yeah, I don't know how they had on the lawn or some craziness yeah. like that. I, I I can't quite remember the story, but I think I do remember something like that happening. I don't remember right. them getting shut down. Right, and if that could happen, yeah, he landed on the White House lawn, and guess what? If that could happen to the Secret Service in the White House, what do you think it's gonna happen to the regular people? That's a bad. That that was. I'm sure somebody lost their job behind that, but um, that shouldn't happen. But see, that's the thing. I agree with you, but I think, and just going back, just entertaining this thought for a second. I mean, just think about that. You, you know, people bailing out to Walmart. I mean, people gonna be abandoning their positions. I know I would if I was a cashier or if I was working somewhere. I'm not gonna be there once that that alert go out. Once that, you know, I mean, for real, I'm bailing. I'm like, that's you. That's you. Yeah. That's you understanding the world and the way it works. I'm telling you, the average that's a, person. That's okay, so here's, here's the thing. If you were working at Walmart and you were like, oh, hell no, nah, and you got your shit and just walked out, some people instinctively go, okay, I'm leaving too, right? Because what right. happens, especially, especially us, some dude come running down the block, hauling ass, looking scared. Guess what? I'm not asking questions. I'm running right behind us. I'm trying to get the hell out of there too. But I think I think the, I think the difference why people would believe it, people would probably respond. People would pause. There would be a pause. You know what I mean? There would be a pause. There would be a lapse in in in, in judgment and thought for a lot of people. But once if they if they heard those horns going and them sirens that a lot of people don't know out there, and they go outside and see a couple of people running, jumping in their cars. And then they start, you get a text across your uh, phone, just like the people did in, in Hawaii today. You know what I mean? And they're like, this is, not a, uh, this, is, this is not a drill. This is, you know, real. And you hear the police, you know, blazing their horns. You see people moving. People will panic and leave their positions. And, I mean, I think even if, it's, even if it's right as the missile hits, let's say it don't hit in your immediate area, like you 10, 15 miles away, you're going to see it. You're going to feel it. You're going to hear it. You know what I mean? Right. People, if they weren't moving then, at first, they're going to be moving then. You know what I mean? And it's going to well, right, be... Right, but that's, that's my point. They're going to move after the fact. They're not going to do... They're not going to respond like you and I are going to respond. They're not going to say, yeah, oh, man, there's an alert. Let me get up and move. They're going to wait for something to happen, and then everybody goes into a panic. And this is when you have... Again, they have to... In the United States, unfortunately... We have to have we have to go through an experience in order for us to be alert for something else. And when we go through an experience, somebody always fixes it for us. So we go through the experience, we we recuperate from it really quick because somebody fixed it. And then the next time it happened, okay, we're more alert, but we still know that somebody's gonna we you know in our head somebody's gonna come and fix it. So we still don't panic. We should be on extremely high alert after a guy can land a little ass one engine plane on the White House lawn. After somebody took went to an airport with with um, box cutters and took over a plane and ran it into a building. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So we are yeah. not we we are not equipped psychologically to deal with major trauma because all, someone or Mighty Mouse is always there to save the day. At some point. Right. Somebody's going to make it better, and then everybody's going to be like, whoo, and then they're going to say what? Thank you, God. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. To, I agree with you to a point on that. I, I do. I think a lot of people probably would. But I tell you oh, one thing. Uh, 
It'll be interesting to see. That's probably true too, Brian. That's what the people said they were doing today. A lot of them was. That wouldn't be my instinct, and I'm not knocking nobody who do. But you know, uh, that might a lot of people might do that. But it would be really, it would be it'll be sad, and yet at the same time interesting to see uh, what the response would be. And I say that because you know those of us who would respond immediately, that's something we still got to consider, even if we you know if we feel like these people. Um, these people ain't moving, but we got to move among them. Like I was saying, for example, we was trapped in, in traffic and, and, and you found out that the Amber Alert came over the thing and, the you know, the police ride up along the road saying, move, move, get out, get out, you know what I mean, or go. You know, people were, you know, people would, uh, you would be in a situation. You would, you would definitely be in a situation and uh, it would probably be terrifying for anybody when it becomes real. And at the same time, because, you know, people don't really give, um, like the post I put up the day, other day, people really don't give this prepping thing real thought. Because if they if they did, they would be trying to, we would be looking at things uh, on a preventive scale instead of like, I think people kind of like got this sick desire to kind of get in it. Because they think, you know, they think they're going to, um, everybody think they're going to be this and that person. When 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 things happen, and uh, I don't know, I don't think we're gonna be able to avoid it at this point. I, I really don't. But um, it seems like it's gonna be a sad story to see how things transition. Even if if people really feared nuclear war and, and stuff like that, then you will see people, more people, um, uh, leaning toward you know peace and people saying that. Uh, we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that or we shouldn't be like right now and not trying to take this anything political, even the issue with North Korea. There's no reason for the United States to be uh, in a condition where we weren't, we weren't nuke, North Korea wasn't a threat. Uh, we weren't afraid of them a few years ago. You know, we, we kind of create doing the, uh, it, you know, we just kind of keep this war thing going because I think to a degree we want that. And, you know, people think you anti-American or whatever, if you say, no, we really shouldn't be engaging in stuff like that because um, a lot of people want to fight, and bullies like to fight when they know they're fighting a the sure thing. You know what I mean? And then my whole thing Indeed. is always, if I know Indeed. I can kick your ass, then why am I fighting you? Why right. are we in a fight? If I know I can well, kick your ass, you and I shouldn't really be in a fight unless I'm just the bad guy, right? Right. You know what I mean? Why would I go jump on a, um, a, a kindergartner? I can't, there's no way I can make that make sense. I'll be embarrassed, you know. I'll be, you know, and I deserve to get my ass kicked by some other men for jumping on a, a, a kindergarten. You know what I mean? Indeed. So if I know I can Indeed. beat you, you know, reason me and you should be in a fight because, you know, you're not a real issue to me. You know, right. I should be able to control the situation. If you swing on me first, I still, I mean, come on, fellas, you know, I'm, I might be taking this somewhere kind of crazy. But I know at, at every point, and I know most of y'all dudes on here are decent, um, that I know the people I know on here. Um, everybody done had a situation where some chick when you were younger got mad at you and tried to fight you. You know what I mean? And yeah. Even if she was, uh, you know, even if she was strong or whatever, you didn't hit her. You know what I mean? Because you know how to control it. You know what I mean? When people, you know what I mean? You know how to control a situation without actually going into violence. You know how to use force without being violent. You know what I mean? Right. You know how to, if somebody's swinging on you, you know, you know how to catch, you know, if you're a man, you know how to keep yourself from getting hit. Right. Um, so that's all I'm saying. If Even if somebody does have the potential to hurt you or harm you, 
uh, if you claim to know something about fighting, you should pay to stop that from happening without necessarily having to hurt somebody in return. Um, right, right. I agree. That's what I'm just saying. When you the big, when you the big gun and you the big boss, that's a part of being the real power because people recognize power's ability to manage things, not just to simply act like a fucking brute or savage and respond. But that don't really speak to power. You know what I mean? Uh, animal animals can be brutish, but right. when you're you're a power to be respected, you got to be to you got to be to manage things, and um, it's the same thing with these conversations. It's like a lot of people, and going back to to uh, back in what you said, to paint in another way. A lot of people really, you know, like even this issue, people like to be. I watch people online. People like to be afraid. People like to be. Uh, uh, they like to be victims. They like to be in perpetual states of, of fear and dread. And very few people ever want to react to it. They just kind of got this, this fear fix. I want to be afraid all the damn time, and I want to be uh, nervous. Or, you know, they don't want a solution. They just want to be, don't take right. it from me. You know what I mean? Don't take my victimhood from me. Don't take my fear from me. Don't take no, I don't want to take myself because... They like being dependent. Right. You know, they like being dependent because somewhere in their life, mommy and daddy didn't treat them right or something, and and, and that's how they, you know, they spend their adult life, and then they pass it on to their children and so on and so forth. But I got a question of morals. So in this situation we're talking about, just to step back just a bit, um, and we know this thing is going to happen, Right. Uh, do you, you know, say you are in your car and everything is, is right, your, your gear, your family, everybody's right, do you make a big abrupt announcement about it or do you get out of the area? I'm trying you to get out. Okay. And the reason And the reason I ask that is because, you know, it is a moral dilemma, right? I would hate for somebody to somebody to just like cut the grass and shit. They 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 done booked out of town and and nobody said nothing. And then I'm sitting there like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like you caught out there. But what you say, Brian? I would I would get out. I'm sorry. I no, I hear you. No, no. I listen. I I hear you. I there's there's no right or wrong answer to this question. It's just a question of morals, right? So the more people my thing out of my is this: way, the safer, the safer I can get away. Right, but the thing, the thing I have, the issue I have is, really, I think you and I had this conversation a while, you know, way back the um, when we were talking about, you know, getting up and being able to being physically fit enough to yeah. Get, yeah. go away on foot. So again, a question of morals is: okay, so now we understand that this thing is going to happen. And everything is in order for your for you and your house. Do you get in your car and leave and not say anything, or do you get in your car and say, "Hey, y'all better get out of town," right? Because if everybody here's the downside to everybody knowing what's going to happen, you're never going to be able to move. Right. You're not going to be able to move. The streets and the roads are going to be packed. They're going to be deadlocked because everybody's thinking the same damn thing. I, I think you'll have, a, you'll, have a, you'll have a chance to move in, a, in, that, in that immediate, uh, in, in that pause, just like when people fighting. You know, when people sitting out there thinking about it and you're already in action, 
you have right. that, I think that little slight power, but you won't get but so far because even if you move from the immediate area you are, then people up ahead where you're going, they're going to be just taking off. You know what I mean? Right, so, and, but, but that's my point. That's my point. Like, yeah. do you do you just be like, yo, the hell with that because I know by the time I get to this highway, it's mobility going to mobility gonna right. be now it depends right. on what happens and your you know like like if you got a good place to shelter then it would only make sense to shelter but I think that's something everybody need to look at realistically too and then taking into consideration from this conversation just looking at really assessing your shelter and making sure that you understand the strengths of it and the weaknesses of it and you got to understand whether there's something happening in my immediate area well you know I don't want to be trapped in a building. Uh, I might right. want to go ahead and start looking at response plan, like calling people on the phone. It is. I thought about myself. I would have called my team. Uh, hey, man, y'all hear what's happening? And I would have been saying that on the move. I would have right. been sitting on the bed talking to them. Exactly. I'm like, fuck, you know, fellas, you know, it's it's on. You know what I mean? Game time. Let's. Uh, I might not be talking to y'all in the next ten minutes. Well, this is where we going uh, in the next. You know, over the next few days, this is where we trying to get to if if need be. You know what I mean? We right. need at this right. spot. That if that spot is viable, and then we. You know, we got a backup location that we'll meet at in case that spot. You never know. You got to have multiple contingencies. (laughs) Well, if you don't grind, you know, and see, that's that's another whole situation for you. But like I told y'all before, uh, you're going to have to develop your people management skills, whether you want to or not, because you're going to have to deal with fucking people. You're going to have to have to develop your, uh, like Brian, you said you grabbed your kids and, you know, we put them up. Um, you got to, you know, what you got a main bag you can put them all in, how you going to move that, how much you weigh, do you got a health for it, you know what I mean? Um, I, only got, I only got a few. <laughs> Can't right. carry all of them, but I, I do have my few. Yeah, right. you might have to choose between which ones you're going to carry because you can't carry all of them. If you can't move them by vehicle and you try to move right. food and water too, and no, uh, man, you're going to have to have some kind of help. Because, or you just have to shelter in place long enough and you being who you are, Brian, and people kind of knowing you, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. That would probably be my best bet because uh, the, the two people that I uh, that I could call, uh, they got a lot of baggage of their own. So right, uh, right. I would have to let them, you know, the only thing I could tell them, man, y'all can come sit up over here uh, since y'all in the neighborhood, but that's about it. Right. Uh, Don't add any extra stress. Right. Because this is going to be a stressful situation. Right. Yeah. And I'm trying to look for people, you know, and that's why you got to be a good judge of people too, man. But you can't never know because a lot of psychopaths look like normal people. But uh, you got to kind of read <laughs> motherfucking eyes if you understand me. Y'all know how it is on the street. You got to be able to read people's eyes instead of their appearance and what they're saying. Um, right. So the eyes will betray people, man. If people crazy, their eyes will tell it. They don't look. They, they, whether it's a male or female, their eyes look kind of crazy. They probably are. Uh, probably going to so be a bad. problem somewhere down the road. Make it so but, bad. One of them is a psychopath. <laughs> uh, you know, there you go. But um, <laughs> Well, you you got to put a short leash on that. Be like, I would say you got to have an ace in the hole, right? Go, go, do, what you, go do what you do long, best. <laughs> If you can control that, that that ace in the hole, you you you. Yeah, as long as I can point him in the right direction, go do go yeah. do your. We best. got um we got some new people online. We got oh we got Shanita online. What's up, Shanita? Oh, she on the computer. She ain't online. Is she? Well, what's yeah, up, girl? Um, she sent a message on here. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, those realities. 
Um, just thinking about what you'll do real time is um, it, it's something I think a lot of people really don't get thought to. I think people kind of, you know, this whole, even the preparedness thing, that's why I pull back from a lot of stuff. I don't do a lot of, uh, you know, I throw stuff up, up occasionally, but really, man, I'm at this point where a lot of people, uh, a lot of people playing everything by ear. And unfortunately, a lot of people who plan everything by chance and ear are the people who have the least, uh, uh, the people who should be doing it the least. You know what I mean? You have, you know, if if a lot of us are out of pocket, there. I mean, you suffer from Katrina and everywhere else. You're not gonna get any fucking assistance. Uh, people not gonna be, and, that, and you can call it what you want. You can say, "Well, they cold. They didn't help us." You can be telling that story if you want to. That's a stu- that's on you because you shouldn't put yourself in a position uh, where you know people don't care about you and then yet you need them. That's a bad place to be, man. And you can call them immoral and you can judge them all you want to, but that's on you because in the end of the day, the responsibility to take care of yourself and to take care of your children is uh, it, it all falls back on us, man. And with a lot of the um, the problems that I see we have internally. And I know this call open to everybody, so I'm not going to go too, di- too deep into it. Um, and just let everybody know this call is on the main page. This is just not the private group. Anybody can hear it. But, um, you know, speaking to that, we really don't take um, um, the preparedness thing. Um, you know, and I said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it. It's just all photos, pictures, and, and fanfare as long as everybody – it's cool to be into guns now. Everybody want to be seen taking pictures with guns. Everybody think that guns are preparedness. They don't understand right. anything about uh, 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 what real preparedness is. They not they they are they're not acclimated to any environment. You know what I mean? Even if you you don't have to go out into the woods, if Brian. You live in Chicago. You should be out there. You know, testing yourself. I know you. You know, I know you got you know um, um, a certain condition, but you got to see. You know, you got to kind of. You know, you got to look at the thing. This thing real time. Um, you got to be, you know, that weather can't be uh, something that prohibits you from, 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 uh, you know, from, from learning or, or from getting what you need to get, uh, whether it's hot or it's cold. Um, this stuff can't stand in our way, and I think a lot of us are only good at it in our minds. Matter of fact, I'm a, stu- I'm a status that tonight. A lot of us are only good at things in our minds, and we yep. never, never confirm that we're not good at them because we never actually do them. You have people running, uh, 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 critiquing gun stuff, and they don't even own a gun. You know what I mean? They don't even own a firearm. Because you know this, I mean? past, this past couple of months, you know, it's been cold up here, and I, I've actually had to get out in it, and I'm like, I, I've learned what gets cold quicker than anything else on my body. So, you know, I used to then have gloves. Now I got gloves. Right. The worst, the worst thing for me was, was my hands getting cold. I, I can't use my hands when they're cold. And I know you practice shooting where you put your hands in the ice and uh, put them in there for a certain amount of time, pull them out, and then, you know, try to use your gun. Man, I, I learned that the hard way of ha- uh, having to change a tire. Uh, so, so that so made me go get prepared. You know, gotta give me some gloves. Gotta gotta start buying clothes to keep me warm, and that's what I've been doing uh, for the right. past couple of months. Right. Little suggestion, um, just to step in a minute. Um, as far as the gloves are concerned, 
get yourself some finger gloves, but get yourself some mittens that can go over the finger gloves. Right? Yeah, I saw Derek with a pair of them. Right, Man, we, we, uh, we, we need to um, make sure that our the capillaries in our fingers are constantly getting blood. So as long as your torso, from again, from I think I said this in another talk before, um, from the groin all the way up to the neck, and then the top of the head, as long as those areas are covered well and warm, um, the blood should pump very well to the rest of your extremities. And if you have finger gloves with a set of um, mittens on top of them, what that allows is for the, the blood in your hands to keep your hands warm because they're really close together. And if you, and in, the, in, in the process of shooting, you can take the mitt off and your fingers are still covered and holding the uh, firearm, the metal parts on the firearm, which will probably put you in frostbite immediately if you use your hands bare, um, will be easier to manipulate. Um, I I had my rifle in my bag in my car over this past temperature drop. I bought it in the house, picked it up, and immediately my fingers started to sting. That's how cold the, the metal was on the uh firearm. So um, it protect your extremities, protect your hands, your feet. Your feet and your hands are everything in this game of life. If you can't grab things and if you can't walk, then you're you, done. You, know, you just you just pray. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, I think uh, when when I was in Georgia, uh, we would, me, me and Dee were talking about this whole thing, like, you know, one of my um, setups for staying warm is I, I usually uh, practice thermal regulation. Um, I, I try to get my skin into the coldest temperature possible and, and, and sit there, you know, I'm not telling everybody to do this. I'm saying this is something that I do. And then when I get cold, what I do is I throw on a layer and I continue to stay there until I regulate. If it gets too cold then I go away and then I'll come back and I'll try it another time until eventually um, I can withstand certain temperatures um, in as little as possible. Um, the other side to that is the type of clothing that you're wearing. Uh, wool is itchy, so I always tell people get some of that wicking material clothing. Like you know, like I always reference Under Armour because most people go to Under Armour, but you can get the cheapest nylon um, um, compression style shirts or whatever. And what that does is it lifts the uh, moisture off your skin with a layer of um, wool on top of that. The, the moisture will get lifted off your skin. It will get pushed into the, uh, into the wool. And the wool, because of the tightness of it, will absorb that and dissipate the vapor away from your body. Uh, stay dry, stay warm. You should have very few problems. So synthetics and wool are my always always my go to. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we hear oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, so, I, I, go ahead. And we yeah, got so we got Shanita yeah. now, she on the phone with us. What's up, Shanita? I ain't mean to interrupt hey, you with your name. That's hey. all right. All right. What's up, lady? Hey. Um, thank you for sharing that. I used to wonder like when I would, you know, dress in layers, how well I was you know, my perspiration would be, you know, drying or whatever. But um, I appreciate you giving that insight. Right. I, I, like I said, we were down there 
um, I, 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 I was hoping that we things worked out and then we winded, you know, having to make some changes because those were some of the things that I really wanted to get to through to people. Um, I also have some Arctic style um, dressing things that I want to do with the group. Um, so I looked at that can, thing we, you put up too about uh, the 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 guys when they were making their own um, right Arctic level clothing with about. their uh, using that uh, their mattress phone. I thought that yeah. was very interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to um, tell you how, how I'm real you could do that. You could do that yourself, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? That's how well, they started. They, they started. Exactly uh, my point. Yeah. Exactly I mean, my point. Not like, do it for you know, yourself. Right. Don't, you don't have to go and spend, you know, $1,500 for a coat and all of that other stuff. The, the dude, you know, he shows you exactly what him and his dad did. I thought that was phenomenal. I took an old yeah. pillow. Yeah. My wife was pissed off, but I took that thing and ripped it up wrapped my foot in it and stood outside barefoot inside this thing, no covering, no shell. And my foot was hot. Like it was hot standing out in the snow. I had one boot on and I had the foam around my foot and it was hot. It was warmer than in the boot. So those things work. and, And those are the kind of things that, you know, you get the information, you take as much of it as you can and you pass it on to your people before somebody destroys it. Because um, what I found is it's getting harder and harder to find that material. Every time I go looking for it, I find less um But see, I'm thinking, I'm thinking you can use those old, um, you know, like old mattress. Like, you know how they have that, yeah. Um, yeah, that the foam in there, that little... foam pattern, or you can get it from a um, supplier place. I said I was going to work on that. That's a future project of mine to um, – to test that out, you know what I mean. I, I pretty much, I'm pretty sure it works because, I mean, there's strong evidence that it does, and plus, you know, and then the evidence of what you just said, um, it it seems it seemed very logical to me, you know what I mean. And the key thing, just like you know, we was out there and it was freezing. Uh, we was out there, you know, after that snow, we camped out. Uh, I noticed like. Uh, uh, when I took my shoes off, I mean, that was one of the problems too. It was so cold. You know, like you, I had never really had moisture build up in my, you know, even with those wool socks on, I started looking at that. I'm like, huh, I got these wool socks on. And I had those other socks on too, but those those, um, those little footies that I had on seemed like they trapped the moisture. And so it was right. so cold because I remember every time we pulled something out, it like all, all, just almost automatically got frost on it. Um, right. You right. know, it right. was interesting though. But when I took off them, when I took off my boots and took off those socks and put those uh, trash bags around my feet, I could actually almost literally stand on that cold ground with those trash bags on. That was interesting with those wool socks and that, that trash bag. Um, uh-huh. My feet were warm. My feet were fine. Right. You know what I mean? I, right. It's just the ground was wet too. So now if I stood directly on the ground, I could feel the coolness. You know, and I right. it, it didn't hurt my foot. Now normally I probably would have my feet would have been freezing. But if I, you know, I stood on those little um, fireproof fireproof gloves that I had, uh, I stood on those, and my feet were fine. My feet actually felt good just being wrapped right. up in those um, trash bags with those wool is socks they, on. Is that any type of trash bag or sorry. any type? Just regular store well, bag. So, so probably somebody saying something. Yeah, I can barely. Well, he's he's talking. talking. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Scott. When I was a kid, when we used to go shovel snow all day and make money, we used to use Strowman or Wonder Bread bags to put on our feet. And, yeah. you know, we had sneakers on. We, we you know, we were poor. We, we couldn't even afford boots. 
So we put those bags on our feet, and it kept all the moisture off our feet. And our feet were warm the entire day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We were out there all day. So you're saying that the plastic bag kept moisture off your feet? The plastic Stroman bags kept, we had Converse. That's back in the 70s. We had Converse. The plastic it kept, it kept moisture from, you th- you, I'm sorry, Scott, I don't mean to interrupt you. Carry, finish, I'll, I'll, go ahead, go ahead, Scott. Yeah, we put the Stroman bags on our feet. And I, that's something I used all the way up until I used to, uh, I live in Jersey. My grandfather used to have a newspaper stand. We used to serve the cars on the street, you know what I'm saying, when they came up for the newspaper, you know, make tips and stuff. The stuff like you were talking about, the mittens over top of gloves, we did that. But we except we had to uh, cut the uh, the tips of the gloves open so we could handle money. And then, you know, when we pull off our mittens or whatever and stuff like that, you know, then we had a little bucket where we used to have holes in it. We used to have a fire hose out there, too. So I've been in the stream cold for up to eight hours a day outside, man. It's it's no right. joke. It's really no joke. I mean, I remember one time it was so bad, man. I had a ski mask on, and the wind was so whipping so bad that I kept crying. I couldn't stop crying. Yeah, it was cold right. so bad, you know. Saying that my nose was running. So what I did was, uh, the next uh, day I came out, it was still cold. I put sunglasses on underneath my um my um freaking ski mask, and then the sunglasses cracked. So, you know, that, that extreme cold is no joke, you know what I'm saying? So that plastic on your feet, well, as soon as you start talking about putting that trash bag on your feet, I'm like, yo, to be honest with you, that's something I want to experiment with. I want to get me some 40-ounce uh, uh, construction-grade trash bags, and I want to cut them up. Feet sweat. Uh, right, so that's that's what I was going to get at. Go ahead, Brian. Tell them, yeah, tell them what you said. They make your feet sweat, right? They make make your feet sweat. But if you're moving around and stuff, that sweat is warm. It don't feel cold until you sit down for a minute. Okay. Right. So you here's the problem with that. Uh, and, and, it, it, and it worked for you, and that, that's good. So um, so what the, the process that happened in that particular moment is that, again, when I was saying how you keep your torso warm, and then you still keep the the warm blood circulating through the, to the rest of the parts of your body, to your extremities, your legs, your hands, right? Um, so having the plastic over your feet, what that did was it actually locked the heat in, right? It locks the heat in. And when you sit still long enough, then the outside of the sneaker gets cold, and then the outside, then the outside of the bag gets cold, and then because you have water in your shoe, you could suffer some major foot damage. But... You were, you know, outside doing some work, and you could go home and change your yeah. shoes and all that, and that's yeah. great. So in a situation where you can't do that, I would never recommend anybody um, putting plastic over their feet. The only time I've seen um, that um, type of thing work long-term was with those uh, military Mickey Mouse boots. You could put your feet in them because they have an air barrier layer in between the outer shell and the inner shell. Um the heat will stay in, and your feet you could put a, you could pour water into the boot, and your feet will stay warm, right? Because there's a there's a, a, a um, air space uh, between the uh, the wall and where your foot is, so that you you know, so that the air can't the the cold air can't reach your foot. Um, again, my thing is 
you always want to have moisture move away from your body in cold temperatures. And in extreme cold temperatures, um, like I said, you that that um, particular style that you use is great when you're constantly moving. It's when you sit down that you have to worry about the frostbite yeah, well, we and the damage. Well, see, that's, that's, that's the uh, issue. I mean, that's the thing about that, though, too. Uh, it, if you think about it, if you think about it in context, that's perfect because if you out in those conditions, you're gonna be pretty much moving anyway. You should be trying to get you. If if I'm in a if I'm in a survival situation, and uh, and uh, if, if 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 let's say I was stranded outside or something, and it's freezing cold, and I'm homeless, I'm gonna go into the uh, trash can or you know like go into the back of a store and get all the cardboard and uh, plastic bags I can. You know what I mean? Now my goal is to I'm gonna be warm when I'm using it, but my goal is to get somewhere where I'm out of this cold. You know what I mean? Right. And then when you get out of the cold, um, then you can take your, you know, if you can get somewhere to a warm environment or environment that's not as, you know, freezing cold as early, just like when we, when we, uh, when we camping, you don't go to sleep if you can help it. If you can help it, you're not trying to go to sleep in the clothes you've been moving around in. You know what I mean? Right. And your feet, you're definitely right. You want to definitely make sure you take off your socks. And I mean, even yeah. if it's cold, even if right. it's cold, you want to uh, you want that stuff to dry out. Go ahead, keep going. Right, I want to think it out no, loud. No, no, I didn't mean. Yeah, I want to. I, I take my socks off, dry my feet out. You know what I mean? Or even yeah. take some um some paper, paper towel or something, and put it in there to you know to absorb that moisture. Because even if it's extremely cold, even if you got the best boots on, all of us know uh, when it comes to competing for heat, the earth gonna the earth gonna do a better job than you. The earth gonna take whatever kind of goddamn material you got. If it's you stay there long enough without motion, uh, yeah. it's gonna suck the cold. It's gonna suck the heat right out of that that yeah. that that surface. Some things like of course if you got those that um like what you were talking about, Jermaine, with that guy had certain materials are poor at transferring heat. You know what I mean? They poor at you know transferring temperature. So those things can, of course, those things it'll take an extreme amount of cold and an extreme period of time for those things to lose their insulating value. And generally, that's not going to happen. Why? Because nobody's going to, um, nobody who want to live, nobody in their right mind is going to stay in a position uh, where, you know, they technically you're facing death and not try to do something to change those conditions. Like right now, if I go out outside my house right now, uh, and we, I, I'm sitting here with a T-shirt on and some jeans, I go outside right now, I'm in a situation. I'm in a situation of something serious, something, something fast. You know what I mean? I got to figure something out or I'm dead. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's, uh, I, I, I know this morning it was like 32 and feeling like 19. I couldn't be out here like that. You know what I mean? Right. Even if I go try to lay, you know, get, you know, crawl up in a bed of leaves, at some point I might cool off. I'm going to be looking for, hell, I'll probably break into somebody's car if I can or something because I'm going to tear your materials out your seat and, and, and stuff that stuff all in my clothes, all in my pants. I'm gonna be doing right. different things to try to hell. I might even, if worst kind of worse, I'll do something. Go punch a cop so I get locked up and get in the woods. <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. I mean, but that's real. Get out the cold. That's, not, not telling nobody to go punch no police or nothing like that. I'm just saying, when it comes to survival, uh, you're gonna do some different things, man, to uh, to get up out those. I know we kind of went off on a tangent with that, or I did a little bit, but um, I agree with you. Uh, you're right, Jermaine. We can't trap moisture in in our clothing. And at the same right. time, um, everything in context, because a lot of things will work just like uh, when we were freezing out there last time uh, at the range uh, last shoot. 
me and Prince, I had I always keep I had those uh, paper uh, napkins that I get from Quick Trip, and I told I said just squeeze it, squeeze it in your hand, and it and he was like it worked. When your hand, I'm talking about when your hands are freezing cold, you take some paper towel and squeeze it as hard as you can. It'll draw that cold out of your hands. And he yeah, was surprised it's taking it the moisture away. Yeah. Right, it drew the cold out, but it ain't gonna, you know, it ain't gonna last forever like that. But it it take that, it took the sting out of the out, out your fingers. Uh, it 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 helps. So every little bit of knowledge that we have, um, it it works, and we never want to disregard any single bit of information. Because we never know what situation is going to um, uh, uh, come about. And that's the perfect thing because, like you were saying earlier, kind of uh, just add something to what you were talking about earlier, Jermaine. A lot of people, when they get under stress, they stop thinking clearly. They'll, see, they'll have solutions right before their face, but because it's not a part of what, what they've been taught or their training, they won't see how they can, you know, take from their environment and make it what they need it to be. You know what I mean? They can't. Um, Some people just not willing to try anything new. A lot of people, just, if they, that's the danger of being trained. I'm shut up, but that's the danger of being, you know, like, that's the danger of not being uh, open-minded. You know what I mean? And that, that probably don't make sense, but that's the danger of being educated. You know what I mean? Because right. sometimes when you educate it, you can only see things according to your education. You know what I mean? But if you're if you're gonna really be uh if somebody get in a survival situation, survival if you're in a survival situation, you outside of the norm, right? You're not operating under normal circumstances and conditions. So your right. thinking to be to, to do your best at surviving, your thinking has to be abnormal. You have to start telling yourself, Let me start seeing my man who was in prison, uh, you know, not long ago telling me, um, he when he was inside of he got ready, you know, to throw something away, and people were like, "No, nah, what you doing?" They like, "We don't throw." He like, "They don't throw nothing away in prison, nothing." Yeah. They know how to use every single work, thing, man. They don't throw nothing. He said he was gonna throw a plastic bag away. They don't throw nothing away in prison. Prison, yeah. Go ahead, Scott. You work there, so you know. Yeah, yeah. They make frames, beautiful frames that are paper chip bags. They know wow. he said they waste nothing, man. And that's the yeah, survival dude. skills in prison. He was like, it's crazy. They was in there. Yeah. They know how to hide. They know oh, how to yeah. hide cell oh, phones. Yeah. They were taking oh, cell yeah, phones man. apart and hiding cell they phones in the radio. Everything. They make alcohol, wow. bro. You, you, they'll get grape juice from the cafeteria. <laughs> man, yeah, they make their hooch, man. He was telling about how they were charging. They were charging batteries, you know what I mean, in the... In, in the sale without phone charging. I mean, just crazy. He like they don't throw away nothing. Nothing. Nothing, man. One hundred out of a battery. Yeah, out of a battery. They take a piece of wire and a battery, add to the top, and boom, you got a flame. You got a lighter. Yep. You tell me they were cooking in the. They were cooking, uh, making uh, hot pots Ooh. and everything. Stoves. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll take toilet paper and round it out. And set it on, not that I know of anything, but they'll set it on the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> and, you know, you could cook like that because you got air coming up from the toilet and and your paper is not burning as fast. And you could cook a little whatever, warm up something. Yeah. Uh, man, only, only paper they throw away is, is the paper they use to wipe their butt. That's it. You're right. Yeah. They also take soap, right, and they put it right. in the pot. They use and then they 
round it out and harden it out, and they make a billy club out of it. Yeah. Or, or they use it to make a handle. Anything yeah. plastic. I, I saw something one time. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. true, Scott, but I, I, I mm-hmm. saw something one time. They were showing me what a dude took. Uh, they took floss, like dental floss, and was uh, mixing it with, like, some, uh, I don't know if it was, like, Ajax or some type of cleaning solution. You know, like, some type of, like, uh yeah. A cleaning powder, like you know, like a Ajax and stuff. Yeah. You know the old things, uh-huh. and they were using yeah. it when you mix it with the uh, when you put it against with the floss and uh, kind of like coat it or put it against the bar. You can cut steel with that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I had never. It was it was crazy to me to cut. I, I haven't mm. tried it, but I was like that. Is, I don't know if that's true or not, but you like swearing like man, mm-hmm. you can cut metal with it. What y'all call that? Chainsaw uh, reciprocate. Uh, I think it's something I don't know. I can't confirm. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try that this week. But um, I know. You got me in here thinking about it, too. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try this. No, the only thing I can think it has something to do with the abrasive, you know, the abrasives yeah. in the powder. Yeah. And just running yeah. that, that floss back and cross. Because I know you can cut, yeah, uh, you can cut, um, 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 uh, what do you call them, the, uh, the, uh, the plastic cups with shoestrings. We used to do that. You know, yeah. it's just a floss, part of space innovation. pretty strong. Yeah, right. durable material. But yeah, uh, anyway, man, we can man. Can I, can I throw out one more poor man's solution to the, to the uh, cold weather? This is yeah. Too. 